All right, welcome to the Wednesday, uh, February 21st, 2024 edition of the Robert Scadbell Show. And we're going to go outdoors. Well, not literally. I'll be indoors for this one, but we're going to talk about the great outdoors. How do you survive? Uh, we've got a couple of Canucks, Canadians. I don't know how they're not banned in Canada, and we could use them here in the United States. I think they should, they belong here with us. But uh, Jeffrey and Daria Kantz is joining. Join, they're both joining us today. Uh, going to be amazing discussion of survivability. Findingpolaris.org is their website. It's linked up at robertscatbell.com. And by the way, have you checked out the new website? It's pretty cool, huh? A little easier to navigate. There's still some bugs to work out. But overall, again, thank you for that. We've got our Zoom AMA coming up Saturday, the 24th of February, uh, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. So what else we got? No more fluoride in Collier County. Uh, let's see. COVID injections linked to increase in heart and other uh, neurological b- brain disorders. Shedding is real. EPA uh, corruption. The Pfizer Super Bowl ad. Do you, are you going to get a, a Pfizer shot now that you saw that? Questions of the day, homeopathic hit, the homeopathic hit. I'm telling you, you don't want to miss this one. And with that, let's get this healing party started. Come on over to robertscabell.com slash, I think it's slash watch dash listen now. So those of you, it changed. So, but there's a chat room there. You can type in and say hi, where you're from. We'll be right back with more powerful healing as we start the show. Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Now, the voice of health, freedom, and liberty, here's Robert Scott Bell. Yeah, still in training as I went back to the kickbox gym this morning and shredded my already shredded quadriceps. I begged, no more legs, no mercy, legs. Anyway, I survived it. I'm back. I'm up walking or upright walking. Uh, A little funny, but I'm going to make it. I'm in training, 58 uh, burpees in a row. My challenge is, can I complete them before Thunderstruck ends? The, the song, <laughs> like I did last year with 57. We'll see. I don't know. It's, it's a big one. Uh, that's coming up on Friday. We have our Zoom AMA on the 24th uh, for our patron supporters. Have you considered becoming part of the patron family of the Robert Scott Bell Show? How awesome would that be? Join us as a Zoom interface. I can answer questions that I can't even answer on the air. So come on in. Join us Saturday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Become a patron supporter over at robertscottbell.com and sign up for the newsletter. That's very simple. You can text RSB, my initials, RSB to the number 66866. And as we crank up another broadcast healing edition of the Robert Scottbell Show, we're going to go sort of go outdoors. Survival skills. Do you have them? Do you want them? We've got an option for you. As Jeffrey and Daria Kantz are joining us from Canada. If you could survive Canada, I guess you could survive anything now, right? Not just like all the nice people up there, but it's all the people that comply. They don't. I'm sure they don't and they won't. And they're going to be with us. I'm excited to have them on today. So that's coming up. Lots of, uh, uh, you know, COVID uh, injection scenarios playing out, manifesting. They can't hide, but they can try to minimize. We won't let them. And then we have questions of the day and a big old homeopathic hit that your liver is going to love. So that's where we start here on the Robert Scott Bell Show today. RobertScottBell.com. COVID vaccines linked to small, small, little, petite, teeny, weeny, itty, bitty, 
increase in heart and brain disorders. It's just small. It's just little. It's not a big deal, even though it was found in a study, because the risk from the infection is far higher. Really? <clears throat> Where's the evidence of that? When there are arguably were more deaths from those who have been injected than those who interacted with whatever the hell you think that thing is. Going back into my memory banks, I remember we got it pretty pretty early on, whatever it is, and lost taste and smell, but had mild symptoms otherwise, pretty much for the whole family. We got through it. We got out of it. We got on the other side. No injections necessary. And if they tried to inject us, uh, we've got things that would make bigger holes in them. So they didn't mess with us. And I know I don't know if that's possible in Canada or, or England or anything like that or Australia, but Americans, hold on to your right to, to defend yourself because the government is coming for you. If, if you needed any more evidence of that, COVID was that evidence. You know, when they say you don't need a fill in the blank to protect yourself, da, 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 da. we, you know, what was it? Biden said, we've got, I don't know, we've got B-52s and, uh, you know, name it, cruise missiles, right? What does that tell you? You don't need to defend yourself because we've got nuclear weapons. That's not a good argument for not needing to defend yourself. And the fact of the matter is, it isn't necessarily the bullets coming from government that are the danger. It's the pharmaceutical caliber injections that are mandated by fiat, by authoritarians in government, and cheerleaded in medicine, pharma, and media that result in what? A, an absolute disaster. Arguably, again, more people died, not from COVID, but from the effects of the COVID injections, one, two, three, or more. But it's a small risk. It's a small increase. And, I, you know, I just want you to think about this. Can you imagine something that you can buy in a health food store? Or for that matter, now you can probably get it in Walmart in their little health food store in Walmart thing. You know, supplements that you get. Let's just say one of the ingredients sold in a health food store, a big box retailer that happened to be a dietary supplement, not a drug or a shot or vaccine. If they found in a study that there was a teeny weeny, itsy bitsy, little bitty increase in risk of heart and brain disorders. Tell me what the response would be. Congressional hearings, executive orders, wall to wall, 24 seven mainstream media, every media outlet. Oh my gosh, did you see the dietary supplement that is going to kill you by causing a heart attack or some kind of brain aneurysm? Tell me that wouldn't happen. That would be absolutely what would be happening. They would criminalize the owners of whoever made the supplement. They would demonize health food stores or even a little Walmart health food store, whatever. It wouldn't care if there was a slight increase in any study of a, of a potential heart issue, heart risk, or brain health risk. It would be wall-to-wall. -wall. It would be removal from the marketplace. And yet, in America, the United States of Drug America, it's price of business. And if you find a drug or a shot or something to do that, they may, they may not pull it off the market, not likely, but give you a little black box warning. Well, we warned you. But we still think you should be able to have the choice to take it. That's the interesting thing about choice, isn't it? The big pharma, big government, big media monsters, they love choice when it comes to either terminating babies in the womb or the mandatory choice of vaccines and drugs with no competition from dietary supplements, herbs, or homeopathy. 
well, again, tell me I'm wrong. Oh, Robert, you're just, that's just ridiculous. That's a conspiracy theory, right? If there were a subtle risk that they determined in a test, in a, in a study, slight, small, little bitty, eeny, beeny, teeny, weeny, heart, brain risk, gone from the market, vilified, congressional hearings. We got to regulate the dietary supplement industry. It's so dangerous. But in this case, apologists after apologists going, it's not that bad and it's a lot worse if you don't get it. Could we ever use that argument for a dietary supplement that did that? Well, yeah, it's a little risk, but it's a lot worse if you don't take it. What? The risk of the, you know, name the infection. Again, the germ theory, um, the monsters of the germ theory, I guess you could say. And, you know, the hypocrisy knows no limits, knows no bounds. And the Biden administration and pretty much every other administration that is in bed with the pharmaceutical industry, whether it be here in the United States, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, European countries, et cetera, England, it, it doesn't matter. They've taken over. And the best you could hope to do is like the founders warned us. He said, don't let the government get so powerful and strong and centralized that they will tell you they'll be strong enough and powerful enough to tell you what you can and can't put into your body. Well, you can and can't know about what to put into your body unless they approve of it. Because our founders were so smart. They said, you know, one day we need a government so strong that it'll tell you what to eat. And of course, as you look back at all the government mandates or suggestions about what's good for you as far as food, those exist and they're largely wrong because of who lobbied <laughs> to have the best position on a food pyramid or whatever you got, whatever you want to say. Let's bring in our resident skeptic, AKA Super Don, to comment on this story, because I'm sure I'm overblowing it. I mean, obviously, they're not really that bad, Super Don. These shots really aren't. They say it's a small risk, and you know, getting the COVID infection, whatever you might believe that to be, is way worse. Super Don, you had it. So I, I had what? Well, the COVID infection. Oh, COVID. Yeah, yeah. not the not the shot. Yeah. Right, I did. Well, yeah. or you know, people are probably yelling yelling at you right now for calling it COVID because <laughs> right, it Whatever doesn't exist. Life. It's not real. Well, you I'll tell you what, I had was real. Yeah, as I was gasping for breath on oxygen, mm -hmm. it was real. They'll they'll call it whatever you want to. It's Fruit Loops. I don't know whatever whatever name you want yeah. to come up for it. But you it, hung it, out whatever it was, it was real, and it matched. The symptoms the of what they said COVID was. So right. we can still disagree on cause and on that, but that's it. Doesn't just it, it doesn't in any way eliminate the reality of what you experienced, and you did some on the air of the suffering you had. So I don't mind having the discussion about that. But for those that say you didn't have whatever, shut up. You you had something <laughs> super done. You Thank suffered you. through it. That's my line. You, you what are you talking? I mean, about? I'm just borrowing from you. Super okay. Dan. I'm just fired up today. But I want you to fire up back because I think I'm probably exaggerating about what they would do if a dietary supplement showed just even a minor we've little bit. We've seen it. That we've seen it happen. Right. I mean, it's not like it's just speculation. We've seen it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Listen. It's it's yeah. Look, it's not fair. I mean, we know this. Listen, if it was all fair, we'd have nothing to talk about. We wouldn't have been doing this for the last, you yeah, know. Yeah, no, we would be talking about cars yeah, and music. We'd have and a show about, stuff. yeah, about mm -hmm. Neil Diamond singing country music. When, 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 I, when I connected today, yes. Robert was playing this music in the studio. I'm just like, what the yeah. heck? What is that crap? <laughs> Dude, it was Neil Oh, it's Diamond, Neil Johnny Diamond Cash. singing country music with Johnny Cash. Yeah. I'm like, how could you make Neil Diamond any worse? 
Really? Dude, it was actually good. It's good music. Look, if Neil Beyonce Diamond can singing do country, country music and Dolly Parton can do rock and roll, anybody can do anything now. Kiss made a disco album, so I guess that's you know. true. Yes, yeah. but again, that goes way back. It's old. It's old news. Yeah. For anyway, you, new anything. All right. So back back to what you're saying. Yeah. Look right, at are, the elevated risk and tell me how minor it is. Um, let's see, pericarditis, six point mm-hmm. nine fold increase, a seven fold increase for those who took a third dose of AstraZeneca. Seven fold increase. Does that sound a little bitty? Seven it doesn't. Fold? But you know they're going to look at the cost or the risk uh, benefit ratio. And they're oh, going. Oh they're going to say, "Look, yeah, yes. Look, everything has side effects, Robert. Don't you know that? Yeah, except everything has side effects. We just accept that everything has a side effect. Vaccines yeah. are going to have a side effect too. Yeah, you're. Uh, but without the vaccine, <laughs> millions and millions and millions of people would have died. What kind of dumb asses believe that still? About half the population. You think it's that high? Unfortunately. <laughs> I don't, I, you know, I just, I'm just very frank about this right now. I don't think that it's half anymore, especially now because they overplayed their COVID injection hand. And now the questions about all previous vaccines are on the table and far fewer are going in for well baby visits than ever well, before. I can They're tell you, in. I mean, we could argue over numbers because yeah. it just depends your numbers versus somebody else's numbers. People could throw numbers in all, in all direction, right? you know, and people are going to believe whatever they choose to believe. But one thing that hasn't changed, that hasn't, that I don't think can be disputed yeah. is the fact that people do not trust the government and they don't trust the pharmaceutical companies even more so now yeah. than ever before. Yeah, of all the things that have happened and all the inconveniences that we went through and society went through and the, and the terrible mm-hmm. things, that, I mean, really, the damage that the pandemic and the, the lockdowns and the mandates and all that stuff had, the silver lining to that whole thing is there are more people awake right now Mm-hmm. As to the reality of the corruption in government and the collusion yeah. between pharmaceutical companies and government, and and what a what a three stooges circus right. the government really truly is because they exposed they were exposed during all that craziness. Super D, my intensity in opening up today is because it, you know just. The, I'm human, the outrage, the upset to see people suffer needlessly, and to point out what you just pointed out. Who really trusts the government in big pharma? You know, it's a small fraction of the total population. It's not anywhere near 50%, like you said. So when I use the semi-foul language I did, it's about those people living in cognitive dissonance. Because if you ask them the question, do you trust the government? Do you trust big pharma? They'll go, no. But you'll still want to get the shot or the shots. That's what I'm talking about. There is a real disconnect there. And if it takes sometimes an intensity and emotional outburst to go, oh, whoa, what was that? That's hopefully it serves that way. I realize some people are going to be off put by it. And it's not that I do that every day. But, you know, I look at this story. I'm like increases in brain issues and heart issues. And like supplements are not doing that unless they're synthetic or toxic or miss, you know, or adulterate drugs, vaccine. They do that as a par for the course. As you said, all of them have side effects, which are what? Direct effects that are not marketable. It should just, be in the, just, in the dictionary. Just look that, at Ozempic. Yeah. <laughs> what better What better example do you need than that, right? Yeah. And it's not only on the market. Eureka, we've invented the best diabetes medication out there. Oh, wait a minute. Look at that side effect. Ooh, we Holy can market cow. that. Excuse me. Did I say diabetes? I meant weight loss. Weight loss, yes. Weight well loss done. drug, yes. Right? 
That, and it's only half as funny as the discovery of Viagra, which was a blood pressure vascular drug yeah. until they looked down and saw the side effect of what, what, what is that? Coming? Whoa, what is hey, hey, I know what we can we do take, with this drug. Yeah. Yeah. This is erectile dysfunction. <laughs> That's how it works, y'all. And then, of course, the media fawns over it. They make lots of money because the primary uh, means of their survivability is drug money. Vaccine advertising. We'll get to the Super Bowl ad from Pfizer, what that was all about uh, as well, uh, this this show today. We've got a great homeopathic hit, um, and it's liver-related, my favorite. In fact, should have been the first one we did, but it just showed up today. So we've been hitting them sort of randomly, and that's going to be a fun one. And then we're going to go outdoor. How do we survive outdoors? Those of us who even go outdoors. Uh, that's also coming up. Super Don, I know you're hiding again. I have to ask about the new website. I apologize. I no. can't let you run away yet because Sorry. it's new. It's still like a few days old. Yes. Uh, what are we learning about it? How's the feet? Are we still got to tweak some stuff? How's it going? Uh, it's it's a work in progress. Okay. Uh, so I, I've been back and forth talking with our webmaster uh, for the last few days. And so we were getting some things fixed, you know, as we go along. And yes. we had one one message came in that somebody, somebody said uh, that – they couldn't access the show archives on an iPhone. Ardeen, A-R-D-E-N-E. I wrote them back and I said, get a real phone. <laughs> oh, you're so mean. No, what I didn't. This? I didn't do that. You didn't, didn't do that. Okay. But, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'll have to look into that. I, well, I, remember the archives are now on an archive site, but how do yes. they access that? Is it they hit the it's, more tab? It's in the more button and yeah. there, there's a, um, there is a, a, so yeah, it says more and then you click yeah. down and it says show archives. Yes. That's how you go back to older shows. Correct. So yeah. apparently, according to to this person that wrote in, they're saying that it doesn't work on an iPhone. I'll have to look into that. All right. Yep. Well, there's always going to be some stuff. And, and thank you for your consideration. For those of you who are already patrons, you helped make this possible. There's still more to do. So if you haven't considered becoming a patron supporter, as little as $4.99 a month. It's nothing. You can pay the whole year. Join us on Saturday for our next Zoom AMA or the February uh, Spectacular. It's a family event. Uh, Zoom AMA, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, the 24th of uh, February here, 2024, coming up. Yes. All right, so uh, should we go outdoors and figure out how to survive in a way that we don't know how to do, most of us? You know, up in the Western when world? I was a kid, yeah, a teenager, young, yeah. a young whippersnapper, mm -hmm. I was in Boy Scouts. And one of the things I thought was really cool was wilderness, wilderness survival. Yeah. And then uh, there was a, a winter uh, wilderness survival course that I, I took as well, as far as, you know, like you're in the snow and building snow caves, and, you know, and... and, and and stuff and you're like i always thought that was kind of cool and and so when i i saw that, that we were having jeff and daria on today and what they were going to be talking about i was like you know what I, have we ever talked about this on the show not enough hardly i don't, I don't think we yeah. have i mean it's enough to get people to grow some stuff outside so we got to work in slowly we got to get right. there um so today is an accelerated course in getting there and uh, we have the website there it is uh, findingpolaris.org and you see Jeff and Daria there uh, I wonder if they met in a tree climbing course in the woods I got to get the backstory here but I'm I'm welcoming the show there's Daria there's Jeff welcome to the Robert Scott Bell show Oh gosh <laughs> we're just getting the organic popcorn ready with that monologue we we're just like yelling at the screen <laughs> we're just watching you go you're getting us fired up I'm feeling it because of the outdoorsy uh, energy you're bringing. I'm like, I can't be constrained by these four walls. Get out of here. So <laughs> seriously, Daria and Jeff, how did you guys, I want the backstory. How did you guys meet? Oh gosh, this is an RSB love story, I think. <laughs> uh, so Daria, it was during COVID and uh, we were both single and um, 
I was frequenting one of my uh, common health food stores in our local city, and she had a hand-drawn logo for her nonprofit. And I just happened to reach out on Instagram, not knowing who it was or what they were doing. I was just like, hey, like I love being outside every chance I can get. And she was hosting a program. So I was like, hey, like, where where are you located and all that type of stuff? And yeah. Do yeah, you concur, I, Daria? I want to hear your side of the <laughs> well, thing. At that different. moment in time, I was living in a hundred square foot bunkie and I was like not online at all. That's, you know, like I just started the, this nonprofit. And so I drew these hand, you know, hand-drawn posters and put them up in, in Sudbury, which is the closest kind of biggest city from where I was living on an island at the time. And then Jeff reached out, but I didn't have a picture of me anywhere on the internet at that point. I said... You know, I was off when COVID happened. I just like took a step back, you know, and kind of semi hid. And uh, Jeff reached out to me and I was like, hey, you know, I'll follow through with this. So we went for a hike and it was, yeah, from there, it just kind of exploded. (laughs) Uh, Jungle love, as Steve Miller said. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, it's wonderful to see. I didn't realize how recent it was just in the COVID years. Uh, Jeff, you've known about the RSB show for, I think, a lot longer and uh, connected and supported us for years. And I think it's so cool. You guys have come together to form this FindingPolaris.org website to help people with survival skills and other things. Maybe you set the stage for me because there's a lot more than I can cover and you guys can hit on the, the highlights for people to plug in and learn and how to do it. Yeah, I think you go with your backstory, kind of. What yeah. got you here? Well, I would say, so, you know, when you go to the website, it says Beyond Survival, and I think that speaks to a lot of what we do. So Jeff comes really from the health background. And, you know, when you start diving into health or natural health, it inevitably will lead you to natural remedies, to connecting to outdoor. Jeff's been drinking spring water for like... Over a decade, probably close to 15 years. A long time. And, you know, to, to find spring water, to understand the landscape, you need to learn these skills. And then on my side, it was more less coming in from the perspective of, of health, but more just like pretty extreme, let's just say like survival immersions. And I just went into, I went to different schools. I did study environmental science, but I always had a passion for the outdoor and I always wanted to push myself. And so I came in from that framework of, you know, going to some, um, yeah, to some nature education schools in the U.S. actually, and then did some rites of passage and then kind of find my pa- found my path as a teacher, as a guide. And then when Jeff and I came together, it was this perfect collaboration of like, oh, I love teaching these skills and it's also a lifestyle. So yes, you know, this water e-course that we have, it's it's perfect to learn how to drink wild water how to know how to find springs and all of that. And it's not just for like a cool weekend trip. Like this mm. is our life way, you know, even at home, we're only drinking spring water. And so, yeah, there, you know, we offer experiences and programs, but it's, it's far beyond that. It's, it's to make this again, your lifestyle, your life way. Yeah. I think uh, going out into the wilderness and finding clean sources of water uh, better than what they're drinking in, in Detroit and uh, Flint, Michigan, among the many other places. We've got a story later on in the show about uh, a municipality down in Florida that stopped, has stopped fluoridating, thank God. But there's still a lot of nastiness in those uh, municipal systems. So we've got to do better on water. If you, you know, we've talked about the technology that's available to dissolve hydrogen water purification. But again, how do we do and deal with things when they're maybe 
wholesale breakdowns and delivery of things we've become accustomed to. We don't think anything of it. We turn on the water, it comes out, we drink it. Uh, there's a lot more to consider or concern ourselves with at a time where we've been through some very serious threats against our bodily autonomy uh, and our expectation that the government, however you perceive it to be, will take care of us and always be there for us uh, uh, rather than what they have targeted us for. And, and it's not good health. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, you use the, we use the word survival because I think it hits on many different um, things for different people. But it's like Daria said, it's a life way thing. Because once you find out, uh, you know, what your local wild foods are, what your local wild medicines are, you like, you know, as a homeopath, like if you know what's around you, you can make homeopathic medicines. You don't need any, you know, uh, a store or a, a provider to provide you with your like remedies and stuff like that. You can make it right from the source. And I think it's the more we educate people on what's around them and how they can, you know, we say it's survival, but if you know what is around you, you can have a abundance in your life just from what nature provides. And I think a lot of us seem to think that it's, um, it's like a dog eat dog out there. But really, it's it's almost they fooled us that there's so much abundance. It's beyond belief, but we just don't know what's out there. Yeah. Well, people, you're, go ahead, Daria. Yeah, I was just going to say, or people have lost, you know, through domestication, through, you know, modern culture, people have lost the eyes to see, but also, you know, the senses activated in their body or whether that's intuition. So like even going back to spring water, sometimes, you know, you can find a spring just purely on intuition, like, yes, you can understand landscape and all of that. But, you know, when we're dulling, like when we're constantly dulling our senses, we're, we're, our primal body is getting suppressed. So a lot of the work that we do is just like, you know, getting rid of like that junk and clutter on different levels so that people can just return to their senses, to their natural state. And then from there, everything just comes easily because we're we're all mammals like we all have these instincts but when they're suppressed for so long people forget how to use them and so a lot of the, the work we do is to just like reactivate people daria did you grow up with those senses suppressed like most of us in the west and had to regain them and learn them maybe or were you raised in a, in a jungle or in the woods tell me about that <laughs> oh I think it's probably yes. I would. Yeah. It's a, it's a yes, no, maybe thing. I would say both of us, like where we live in Northern Ontario, it's. You got Walmarts, but then you drive 10 minutes and you'll never be found again. Mm -hmm. So it's like a contradictory thing, you know, like we have everything that you would have or any major metropolitan area. And I think it's the same with you guys. Like you are super Dawn. You know, they say like you fly over the country in a plane and it's all just empty space. Well, you only got to get five, 10 minutes out of your, your city suburban area and it's all wild. And I think like I was the same thing. Like I grew up beside the bush uh, and it, it was a lot of new growth forest because of deforestation in the city that uh, I grew up in. But, you know, I have my Sony PlayStation and my Game Boy and my pizza and Pepsi and all the good stuff, you know, the stuff we're avoiding now, but it, it's like a, the tale of two cities almost. Hmm. Very good. Now, in addition to the online studies that you are offering at your website, findingpolaris.org, 
there's got to be like an on-site come out and let's get into the woods and really see if you can live through this. Uh, is that an option? Do you have a summertime event scheduled? Is there something people can actually travel to to put their skills to the test? Yeah, so actually there's a, a small increase in bravery for every night you sleep out in the woods. It's a big study we did, you know, but we're not pharma funded. So just teeny weeny, <laughs> like really small. But. Really small? It might be inconsequential, but are people able to come <laughs> visit you guys and spend time outdoors and get braver each night? I mean, what's going to go on? <laughs> yeah, so we have a schedule uh, up on the website for our in-person programs. Um, locally in our area, we'll do a lot of like free stuff monthly, uh, especially when the weather gets nicer. We just had, uh, well, Daria just had a baby about five months ago. So we are like tied up a bit with that too, but our schedule for the in-person stuff. So we have, um, anywhere from a few days, uh, to like a one day to a few days, like a weekend. So the, you know, working people can make it out. And then we have our longest program being a nine day vision quest, which is, you know, for the people really seeking, you want to get closer to the creator or you've got, you know, something burning in your soul that you want to, you know, sit with yourself with. We have that nine day and it's a really transformative event. But, you know, if that's intimidating or you just want to learn the, the hard skills, do the survival thing, we've got weekend long events where we can spend three days together, you can do friction fire. We do all types of bush crafting and all the, all the fun uh, stuff you see on TV. Yeah. I'm looking at all the things that you're doing. Uh, is there, I'm just seeing if there's a calendar of timing of these things. I know obviously in winter in Canada, uh, it's, I don't know how you guys survive that much less, but uh, in the summer you got to dodge mosquitoes as big as eagles. They'll carry your small children away. So um, you guys are tough. I'm telling you what you put, put up with, but uh, if you want to learn how to do it and it's not just for Canadians, you, you'd, you'd welcome your neighbors from the South up to see you. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. We've had a couple uh, people reach out from uh, down, down y'all way down under i would say if someone was interested in coming definitely commit to minimum a weekend course so we have uh, the weekend walkabout which is more of a rite of passage um, which involves some fasting and some time alone on the land and then we have a survival skills weekend that's you know more to the more of the harder skills friction fire cordage plant id we talk about water shelter building and all that stuff and then the biggest one is the vision quest but inevitably when we teach even you know our rites of passage events all of our fires are started by friction you know we'll be talking about bird language animal tracking because you're outside we're we're living it as you know things come in we teach those skills so you get a lot you know, when we just spend time together on the land because so much just happens naturally. And then we just kind of teach from there. And I think a big thing like we we opened up with is it's a lifestyle thing. So all, all our programs, um, we provide organic food. You know, we try to, you know, make it so people like us would would come and attend because that's something we've noticed, you know, like you to go get the craft mac and cheese uh, dinner at your survival quest type thing. It gets a little, little cheesy. <laughs> yeah, we we we've, we've got a long way to go to get back to this. And I, and you know, as the message has been here over the years, as we've gotten a little better about connecting to that, it's overwhelming to consider how much we need to learn. And so, the one step at a time pro progression is something like maybe attending 
whether it be online or maybe visiting you guys in the summer to do some of these things could make it so it's not theoretical, right? You actually did it. You come back. You never, you never forget or lose that. Those have an indelible marking experience, you know, on, on our lives to say, wow, I, I survived that. I can do it. And I don't know that you're pe putting people in harm's way. But then again, I think people are in harm's way every day living in four walls and a ceiling, you know, surrounded by toxic chemicals and eating the stuff we used to eat. And yet danger is kind of, well, that's not real. Just like the pretend, oh, it's only seven times more likely that you'll die of a heart event if you take the shot. But hey, it's minor, it's small. It's maybe, you know, they, they've tried to convince us that the natural world is the danger and the synthetic world is what is your friend that will keep you alive. And I think we've we've lost our senses, as you point out, Daria, so well, the senses that I've had to regain, even knowing about, you know, what the symptoms of my body, including hunger symptoms, when they're genuine hunger versus some kind of aberration like they were most of my young life before I knew about cleaner foods and things like that. And I'm nowhere near survival skill ready like you guys. I'm going to have to visit. Yeah, I mean, that you were speaking about hunger. One one thing that we've also, like we said, we just had a baby five months ago. So we've been doing potty potty training with our baby since birth. And, you know, it's called elimination communication. But what it is, is like, yeah, our baby has the instinct from birth not to shit themselves. They will tell you when they're ready to poo and pee. And it's our job as parents as guides to catch that and to let our baby express their instincts that they're mm. speaking once you again see the lens it's so obvious and then we have people in our programs who've essentially suppressed that instinct from whether you know holding it in at school or you know yeah most of it's uh, i would say around school programming where you have to hold things in and then release ask permission that. yeah and, ask permission yeah. go at certain times and you know we're we allow people to start listening to their bodies it's like yeah when you when you have the urge or the instinct to pee or poo, you can just step away and listen to that. And it's it's crazy because we actually work mostly with adults at this moment in time. And um, yeah, it's it's both shocking and beautiful to see people, you know, go back to mm -hmm. what I like to call these like primal instincts or their primal body. Dude, it'd be awesome to get you guys at various events, not only the ones you're hosting. Looks like Sarah's saying, we'd love to have them on our farm in Delaware for our event in May. Uh, and of course, uh, Leslie is hosting on the Goody Farms homestead in Joplin, Missouri. Also, I think in June. Uh, so there's a lot of things stateside that are happening that uh, people could tap in if you guys want to travel. I don't know with the five-month-old by then, but uh, it's, a, it's really an exciting time to have these kind of skills so few have that you would be in demand. You'd never have time to be home if you take every invitation probably. Absolutely. And it, it's so much of it too, is your local landscape. Cause we can teach so much of just where we are, but then it's like every, every little area has its own unique little flavor. Mm -hmm. So it's, 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 it's never ending. And it's like a little adventure, you know, you get to, to find what calls to you. Maybe it's wild food. Like I love, hunting wild mushrooms or pick that up from david avocado wolf years ago and just like i could spot them while driving 80 miles an hour in the car and it's just you know like it, it becomes a, a fun little thing and then you know maybe your thing is like friction fire or maybe it's maybe you working with herbs or building shelters so it's there's so many things to play with and you'll never master any of them in your lifetime mm -hmm. 
I'm just having fun listening to you guys. <laughs> yeah, much less what now the sun's like beaming in on you very brightly yeah, as I know, well. God, it's good, eh? The sun is coming back even oh. in Canada. <laughs> oh, they've been they've been getting us good. We had like uh I don't know, we had a oh. week of like spring weather in the middle of February. It was it was crazy. Yeah, we we see that that happens from time to time, and you know the little things are starting to bud up, and then it gets cold again, and they go, oh, a little too soon. They figure out a way. If nature can do it, why can't we? We're a part of nature, but we have been taught for generations now in the West that we are here to conquer it rather than learn from it and uh, live in it, work with it. Uh, and so, very few of us have had the experience. Maybe you've had, if it's your whole life, or maybe it's a recent thing, but hey, if we can learn, start to grow our own food, to dig in the dirt, there are other things we can go further on and further on. The question is, uh, do we want to do it when we have to, or do we want to do it when we can elect to do it so that if we have to, we already are there, right? And I think that's another part of what we've seen uh, with, uh, you know, whether they be natural disasters or disasters like Justin Trudeau in Canada or, you know, Biden in America, you know, where, where we see that the uh, the alteration of the economy to the expectation that things would always just be there magically in the store. What happens when that's not there? If you're trying to learn skills like we're talking about at that moment, you could be dead. And I don't mean to, you know, frighten anybody. Or I don't think I'm exaggerating. It's the reality of surviving how we survived on planet Earth for millennia. And only recently in our dear friend and in, in Jeff, you remember, uh, Liam Chef, he would talk about these things on the show years ago and how uh, oil became this magical thing where everybody basically lived like kings and queens because of the energy of oil that it provided to us. If that were to dry up or if that were to be cut off, suddenly now all that we rely upon is not there. And are, are we prepared for that? I, I think this is another reason why I would encourage you folks out there and everywhere, including me, to you can take the online courses you guys have or maybe visit what you're doing this summer. Yeah, and that's I think a big thing that called to us with with the nature skill stuff was not a lot of people are doing online, um, and it's hard sometimes with the online stuff. But like the the blessing of COVID has been the huge explosion of homeschooling, and the people who are on the fence are like, "No, I've done. I've had enough. I'm doing it." So having something to provide for families and kids, and it's not just kids; it's adults because. We've had a lot of people be like, oh, my God, I want this so bad. Like, I'm going to try this with my kids. And just getting those skills into not just an entertainment value item, or like a TV show with commercials and all the crap they end up throwing in there, but an actual breakdown course where you can watch step-by-step, -step, pause, go back, look. And that's something we're looking to do more in the future is more of this skills videos that people can, can study at home with their families. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if, if I use friction fire as an example, so many people just like want to know how, and it's like this running joke, right? You can start fire by rubbing two sticks together. Ha ha ha. But like, have you actually tried? Most people, when we say that we teach this skill, people are like, oh, that's so cool. They go and they try and do it because they think it's easy. And then they come back to us and they're, they're humbled. And I mean, oh I was totally humbled when I first started, like it's hard. And you know, it's, 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 I don't know, it's a journey for everyone. That's not to say some people don't get it on their first try, of course, but mm -hmm. fire is just an amazing teacher. So it's like, Hey, yes, you got a cold today. Can you get a cold in damp, damp conditions? What happens if you don't have a knife? So we teach in our friction fire e-course, how to do friction fire, how to make a kit without even a knife. Wow. And so there's, 
you know, it's been a, a journey. We, you know, we learn from fire, making fire by friction every time we start, because depending on the situation, there's always a new variable. You're constantly learning. And when you can, you know, I don't think you could ever master the elements, but when you really understand, you know, the alchemy, then you put all these things in your favor so that you can thrive. And, you know, I think people want to feel, especially now, they want to feel confident, empowered, and just like, you know, solid in their sense of self, that they don't want to have to rely on someone else for help or for their, whether that's their health or their well-being. And then, you know, when you learn these skills, you, you know, it's like, yeah, I actually need a lot less gear and I'm quite comfortable with a lot less gear because I've been there and I hold the knowledge, you know, it's not chat GPT or whatever. It's like, I, I have it, you know, that yeah. technology will never, ever be able to replace this. And that's why, you know, we love doing what we do and we're passionate about sharing with others. Now, do you have uh, the skills to uh, teach, you know, how to find food, whether it be foraging for uh, botanicals or even hunting uh, and doing things like that? Yeah. So last year, actually, uh, we hosted a vision quest in a remote area uh, a few hours north of our location. And we spent what, five days out there. And we were in this uh, gravel pit that had been used to make the, the logging roads back there. And we just gorged on berries for about, I don't think the whole time. Mm -hmm. And there was berries, there was cherries. It was just like, it was like the lunchtime smorgasbord. You just go out and you like bring a basket or you fill your shirt and you just fatten up on bit like raspberries, blueberries. What else was there? There was Saskatoon berries and there was choke cherries. There was pin cherries. And like just this little pit in the middle of nowhere was just like a food forest. Yeah. And I would add the hunting one. I think, well, for me, my journey started with plants, whether that's for food or medicine. And then I was traveling quite a lot. And so when I finally settled down to have, you know, hunting takes in some ways there, the barrier to entry is a little bit higher. You have to have licenses, you know, however you're going to kill, you get to choose, you know, how you're going to, whether it's a bow or a rifle or whatever. And for me, that was like later on in my journey of just the last few years, but I had more experience like butchering and processing animals than actually killing them myself. And so I would say we're just starting that the hunting side of things, but mm -hmm. Jeff and I, yeah, we definitely have a passion, but the it seems like the barrier to entry is a little bit higher. Um, but the, the, the proto skills of that being like bird language or animal, animal tracking, tracking, like just yeah. knowing, knowing that to like a mentor of mine, um, who I found online who speaks a lot about the survival stuff would say, you know, your, your deer hunt begins a year, a year prior. It's when you're just walking in the woods in the spring and you're like, Oh, you know, like this seems like a place a deer would go. You know, mm -hmm. it's in the winter when you're hiking and you're, oh, okay, look, look, there's the deer tracks. What are they doing here? And then you're you're taking in all these things and uh, doing some work for building our website and, and making the courses was the, the concept of pattern recognition and how much of pivotal part of that is for our brains. And mm -hmm. there is no, there's no tech today, I don't think, or ever that'll be able to match what the human mind can do in you know just walking through the amount of data you're taking in from just the you know the 
the the leaves in the tree, the tracks on the ground, the scent in the air, you're processing yeah. like tons and tons of data instantaneously and little silhouettes can catch your eye or a little bit of color over here. And all these things that actually don't require you to have any money, really any skills, you could just be going out learning everything about an animal you're hunting months and months and months before to the point of like, when it comes time, you might not get a deer this year or next year or whatever animal you might be hunting, whether it's rabbits. I don't know if you have iguanas out by your way there, maybe Robert, but you know, just, you know, seeing the tracks, seeing the pattern, how the animal moves, you know, what they're eating, where they are when the weather is a certain condition, you know, are they out all year? Are they out when it's rainy or maybe they're away? Maybe they're bedding. Maybe you find a place where the animal has been sleeping and all these things build up to when the time does come, you're, you just, jam packed with all this knowledge you're almost you're embodying like spiritually that that yeah. creature and it becomes a like creator comes into you and you're 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 linked with that animal you're you're awakening the senses here i'm getting a sense of that that you Im embed and immerse yourself in an environment in which most of us are not familiar anymore because we've been raised and grown and live pretty much inside four walls and there are those that are kind of outdoorsmen, outdoors people that really immerse themselves. And then there are others, there's an ick factor to being there because we've become so desensitized to what's extraordinary about that. Also, uh, the recognition that we've been to the chronic illness that we suffer, which was not common in a more primitive lifestyle. Yeah, there were acute dangers and acute infection potential, but the chronic debilitation of our lives over time make it very daunting to consider being outdoors because we become dependent on so many of these things. And again, my point I keep coming back to, if you plan to be here for the long haul, the long while, these skills are going to be ever increasingly important again, even as we go, wow, artificial intelligence will save us from everything. Or in reality, as you point out, going out into the wilderness, AI is going to be, I don't know if you think Skynet's real, you know, you're out there in the woods. I don't know if the, if the AI survives that, but I don't want to paint a doom and gloom picture. I just want to acknowledge that there are challenges that even without all of the, 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 the corruption in government, whether it be in the Canadian government, U.S. or otherwise, that there is such a value to reconnecting to our, I would say, spiritual roots in terms of connection to the natural world that we are a part of while we are here. And we are very divorced from because of the advances in technology and science and things that some would argue, oh, it's awesome, it's great, but hey, we can go back out into the bush and we can find all the medicine there that precludes the need for really relying upon those synthetic medicines that our governments have said, those are the only things you are allowing you to use or know about. So it's a, a, you know, it's a radical departure for some, but I think a lot of people have a sense that they might need to go that way now, not later. So I'm encouraging them, please give that invitation out and how they can plug in and maybe explore and experience some of these things with you guys. Sure. So yeah, if you go to the, our website, everything's there. We have the e-courses. Um, we do have an Awaken Your e-course, um, Awaken Your Instincts e-course that's free. So yeah, no barrier to entry there. You can check it out. We also have the Water and Fire e-course. Um, um, we have an affiliate link with, with the show, so click through them. And then we have our in-person events, like we said, day stuff. But if you're coming from further, make it out for the weekend at least. Um, some rites of passage work and then also the survival skills and 
yeah what else <laughs> yeah and i think we like encourage we like to encourage people if you know you have a whole family or something reach out to us we're we're pretty flexible on creating events that might work with someone like a homeschool group or something like nice. that yeah or even anyone has feedback where maybe they're looking for an e-course for their homeschool group that we haven't made we can't figure it all out on our own but we'd love to teach and maybe create that for a group of people so anyone if, with questions or any anything relating to what we're doing wants to reach out and you know comment or ask us for something specific custom we're we're willing to work with that as well findingpolaris.org super don do we have links up in the show notes to that and and uh, access to all of these courses that they're offering yes we do making it as simple as possible for you guys to follow up and um, you know, maybe one day we can, we can get up there, see you there. Or if you make it down to one of the stateside events, we'll see you there. I appreciate you both. All that you're doing is amazing. And, uh, you yeah, know, we can start the, uh, outdoor, uh, tree climbing dating app too. That's not an app, but it's real life. You guys are, you know, living example of that now. Right on. <laughs> All right, Daria and Jeff, love you guys. Thank you for, uh, supporting the show here and also glad to send people your way to get the skills that we all need a bit more of, or a lot more of. Thanks so much, Thank Robert you. and Don. All right. Thanks for being here. Everybody check it out. Findingpolaris.org. Findingpolaris.org. It's linked up in the show notes, of course, at robertscatbell.com. And I think we may have an ongoing banner that'll be up somewhere. I still am learning to navigate my own website since it changed because I think there's a place that makes it easier, like things that we love and support, you know, like a page where everything's easy to access. Super D, I don't know if that's fully up and running yet, but, uh, you know. Yeah, it is. It okay. is. Um, I haven't figured out how to change it or do anything to it yet, <laughs> okay. but it does exist. I'm, 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 I'm taking it one page at a time here. Yeah. <clears throat> well, again, I thank everybody supporting us by supporting those who, uh, you know, have great products and services, in, in fact, that you avail yourselves of, including uh, the direct support through our Patreon page. And I want to encourage and invite you to be part of that. Our next Zoom AMA is just this Saturday, the 24th of February. If you're listening or catching the show live or soon after, Saturday the 24th, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, via Zoom, we get to interact with one another. And even if you can't make it live to that event, if you become a, a, a patron supporter, you actually have access to all the previous uh, Zoom AMA. So you can watch all the stuff we've covered before. And there's a lot, a lot more than I can cover on any sh given show lot more direct about things in a community that's helping one another and that we only lost like the first two or three i don't know how many when we we lost youtube some years back but for the most part all the zoom amas are there for you to access even if you just sign up now or or later so thanks for your consideration there all right yep. any other announcements or anything i know we've got another story here good news story out of collier county in florida too that i want to hit let's hit it okay let me take a sip of tea as we look at the headline here oh, all right let's all watch you drink your tea Ah, too much. Already okay. done. All um, right. Yeah. So this story out of Collier County, I had a, a message from my friend Justin Harvey, who's a, a wonderful activist. He does just fearless when it comes to stepping it up and meeting folks wherever they are, including going into these meetings. I'm trying. I'm trying to pause this 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 video pause, about really. about STDs. Yeah, I'm like, you know, we don't need to. That's not where we're going, or whatever that is. Story, and every time right? I click on it, it just opens up a web. Web page instead. Yeah. There we go. Okay. There's a Collier County right. news story on there it. And, uh, it, it is a big deal uh, for any municipality to finally go, all right, we're done. We're not fluoridating anymore. Now, apparently it took a lot of years to get there and there's still plenty of places that use this neurotoxin as an additive to water based on the assertion that it will help stop 
you know, cavities from occurring, which is nonsense. If you want to use fluoride treatment, that's your business, but uh, do it one-on-one. Don't poison the whole population. Then they drink this stuff that it's not about topical treatment and spit, you know? So this is absolute nonsense that they still do fluoridation. Thankfully they've made inroads in many meetings of many years of many people. And we featured this topic many times over the years. I've been on the air in, in my 25th year broadcast healing as well. Uh, so Collier County down there near Naples, Florida, I think it's the unincorporated out, outside of Naples. In Naples, they're probably still fluoridating. Do we have a clip of the uh, vote or anything that we have we could show folks? We agree this is a medical treatment. This is a medication that we're providing the citizens through the drinking water. I had a few people from the dental community that actually corrected some things saying that you can't buy fluoride from the grocery store. You can't buy it from you know, a Walmart, you can buy products that might be fortified with some fluoride, but to get fluoride administered to you that you're going to take it, you have to have a prescription from a dentist or a doctor. And to me, that's a medication. Mm-hmm. If you're required to have a prescription to obtain it, that's a medication. And that being said, with our own resolution and our own ordinance that we passed back in April 11th, 2023 and it's clearly stated in both that we are acting in violation of our very own law and by this motion today I would motion to bring us into compliance and that I want to vote right now on removing the fluoride from our water I'm for choice and so um, if somebody you know I don't want to bring back, you know, COVID, but if somebody thinks the COVID vaccine is the greatest thing in the world, go get it. None of us are are, are handcuffing you. If somebody wants to flavor their water, go flavor it. I'm semi-convinced that at, at this point, based on what I've been told, that, that fluoride in the water can cause some problems. Now, I didn't feel that way yesterday. I'm all for removing it and giving people the choice to add the fluoride that they want to. And the ones that don't, don't have it pushed upon them. So it's all about health freedom wow limited government and i'm all about it so we have a motion we have a second all in favor of removing the fluoride in the water say aye aye Aye. all opposed motion carries with that dude uh that That one guy i think he just voted because he wanted to go to lunch right that's what it sounded like all right can we go to lunch now Yeah, yeah that's funny but it's also significantly different you know, for those that have been witnessing the battles over this particular issue or any issue, the vast majority of the time, Super D, you'll be met with, you guys are nuts, you guys are bonkers, you guys are conspiracy theorists, on and on. That's been the history of this. Look at the commentary that we just witnessed. Yep. People going, yeah, even that guy yesterday, he didn't even know it. And, and so the change is happening very fast, even though it's taken years, years, maybe generations to get here to this point. Folks, when you think something can't be done, It's only about the timing. When can it be done? Well, it starts when it can't be done. (laughs) And the persistence, the diligence, all of that that we have witnessed over the years of people going to their county commission meetings time after time after time after time, and finally it happens. But you see that in an instant when it does happen, not all the years of toiling and, and thinking it's not, it'll never happen, it's not possible, and here it is happening. And my point in pointing that out, which I think should be obvious, but it's often lost on that, is that wherever you are, even if you're just starting today, you're the littlest little guy or gal. 
trying to push back against the man, right? The big government, whatever it is, you can't fight city hall. There are ways, consistent, persistence, diligence, uh, dogged determination, relentlessness. These are the things that, you know, this is why also like what uh, Jeffrey and Daria are doing, getting out in the wilderness or what I'm doing in an artificial sense, going into the kickboxing gym and, you know, beating the crap out of the bags or whatever you got to do to show the strength that you have to yourself, that you have the resilience to withstand a lot of assault and insult and keep standing strong. I mean, this is part of that process, not only of getting healthy by making healthier choices about what you put in your, your body because you care and love yourself enough to do so, but you recognize the relationship. Fluoride has no place in the water supply. If you want it individually, you, you knock yourself out with it, but don't poison the water supply for everybody. That's a drug for everybody. That violates choice. That violates agency. Anyway, Super D, pretty cool to see that vote. Yeah, you know, unusual, right? Yes. It's, that's not something you refreshing. see every day. Talk about water without fluoride. Refreshing. Yeah. Pretty cool. So uh, we are at the top of hour one, going into hour two here. Uh, was great to see Jeffrey and Daria on and learn a little bit about the outdoor options. And, you know, we have upcoming events, including uh, this Tuesday. I'm going to be at an event in Phoenix, Chandler, Arizona. And if you want to get there with me, join me and the Children's Health Defense in supporting the film by Jen Sharp. Anecdotals, Arizona screenings this Sunday, February 25th at the Grace St. Paul Episcopal Church, 3.30. And then Phoenix or Chandler on Tuesday, February 27th, 4 o'clock at the Faith Family Church. And that day, Super D, we're doing a live remote broadcast, apparently from the Faith Family Church on Tuesday, uh, which really? will be from 1 to 3 local time. That's cool. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to get in there the previous night so I can be there and be ready for a, a live broadcast uh, if that works out. My backup nice. plan would be to to broadcast live from the Giving Tree just in case, but I think they'll be okay. It sounds like they're setting up for it. And then All we'll right. have the anecdotal screening, uh, some presentations including I'll be presenting and uh, there'll be a Q&A at that. And that just kind of happened because we connected with Jennifer Sharp and she said, "Hey, this is going on." I'm like I happen to be there because I'm going to be at Sonoran University on the 28th talking with the students about bioactive silver hydrosol and copper hydrosol and all kinds of cool stuff. So I'd like, I can get in a day early and, and hang out with you guys. So that's going to be really cool. And then I think some of the other events coming up uh, already in early March 7th through 10th, we've got the event with the Warners in Atlanta. Uh, that's going to be a huge event, and I hope to see you there at Peter McCullough's schedule, Judy Mikovits, and more. And then just following that, the next weekend, Lake Lanier Islands and outside of Atlanta, the Next Steps Conference with Tia Severino and many of my friends. You guys check it out and be there. It's amazing. Uh, Next-steps.org. And then I've got to fly out uh, after that or during that, in fact, to the Natural Products Expo West in Anaheim, where even if uh, – Michael Bolden of the 10th Amendment Center doesn't show up on a given Friday. I might show up on his doorstep and say, hey, hey, what about me? And I'll get to see him there that weekend, uh, also uh, middle of March sometime after the Next Steps conference. So that's just a few things coming up. There's a whole lot more. The, the Health Freedom Expo from Trinity School of Natural Health has moved to Indianapolis, September 28th and 29th. And it's very convenient flying to Indianapolis and you have a, a free shuttle into the Hotel Convention Center where it's going to be hosted. And you don't have to you know, worry about flying in and out of Chicago anymore. So I, I think that's a, a big step up, even though we do have a lot of friends in Chicago that we lo love dearly and that came every year. I hope that you'll extend and do a road trip to Indianapolis for the next Health Freedom Expo and more. 
So uh, we've got the event, the Health Freedom event in Geneva, Switzerland, end of May, early June. Uh, we don't have the poster or anything for that yet. So as soon as that comes up, for those of you listening in Europe or who want to get there from England on UK Health Radio, uh, that's going to be an, a major event that uh, you'll want to be at. I already talked with uh, Rob Verkirk and Melanie Aldrich from the Alliance for Natural Health, ANH USA and ANH uh, UK and Europe. And they're planning to be there with us as well. So with that, let's take a, a momentary pause and come back. Uh, let's see, what are we going to cover in an hour or two? Uh, let's see. COVID injection shedding is real, not a conspiracy theory. The EPA illegally hiding health safety data relating to the forever chemicals and plastics. The Pfizer Super Bowl ad. Are you going out and get your shot now? Questions of the day on homeopathy, a nine-year-old with a cough, and the homeopathic hit of the day. Happy liver, everybody. We got that coming up after this because the power to heal is yours. Dude, my poor aching shredded quadriceps. Not asking for sympathy, but I'm glad I got back into the the ring today, so to speak. Although I was not wanting to do any squats or squat jumps. I did a few and it's like, oh man, after Monday's uh, challenge of the week was this, uh, uh, you know, hold the dumbbells, 15 pound dumbbells in each arm and do squats for three minutes, how many you can do and raise them, e raise the dumbbell each time you go up. And uh, ow, I will just say that ow, and I was doing a lot of owing. Uh, and especially when you have, you have the, this bag that they do, you know, you have the typical, the, the heavy bags, but when they turn it on its side, then it becomes a, a different kind of interaction, including, you know, dr knee drives and things. Oh, I just drove my knee into my desk. Did you see that shake? Like that's where my body is like, oh, it's oh, your knee driving. Boom. And it just does it on its own now. It's crazy. Be careful around me. <laughs> anyway, as I was knee driving into the bag, I'm like, oh, the quads is like, give him a break be nice anyway the thing is sometimes you just got to get back on the proverbial horse and kick it in i'm in training to do 58 burpees in less the time it takes to play the move the song thunderstruck by acdc i did it last year for 57 I'm like can i do it a year later at elevation i don't know that'll be the challenge we might live stream it or we might delay stream it just in case i don't make it and then you play it for some other reason uh but that's happening friday uh we do have a live show on friday as well and heading into the weekend, I don't know yet what we're going to do for our Sunday conversation, planting those seeds, because those are always a lot of fun, too, to dive deeper into various issues that we might not cover during the week. And also on the Zoom AMA, our next AMA for our patron supporters, you could be one of them, is happening this Saturday, the 24th of February, 2024, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. For those listening live or soon after, you can catch it. If you catch it too late, then it's still available to you as a video. There's a transcript as well. Uh, you have access to all of the homeopathic hits as video audio format, not just the PDF that's downloadable for free in the show notes in a special area Super Don puts on the website, which turns out it, it turns out to be alphabetical, not in order that we do it. So you make maybe that's easier. Uh, today we're going to hit one for the liver. My favorite one. It's the starting point for everything. I believe perceive based on my clinical experience, and we'll get to that. Uh, we've got some questions of the day as well. Uh, I don't know if we're, we got any more video clips to play, but that was really good news out of Collier County in Florida about ending water fluoridation in an unincorporated Collier County. I think Naples are still, they're still sucking down the fluoride there if they don't filter it out. And if you don't know how, 
contact my friends at Echo Water, Echo Technologies, Paul Baratero and the crew. We should have a banner. If not, just mention the Robert Scott Bell Show. They have whole house filtration. They have uh, under sink or top of the sink filtration, also hydrogen uh, dissolving uh, uh, technologies as well. And if you have a fluoridated water system, let them know because they have special filtration, pre-filtration for that. So they got you covered, Echo Water. Uh, also, again, always like to do a shout out to my buddy, Bob Ree Oren, who is amazing, a man. He's uh, accomplished a lot. He's overcome a lot to escape from uh, Soviet Union when they controlled Georgia, Soviet Georgia. Yesterday, I, I came up with this term inadvertently. It wasn't even a conscious thing where it was kind of a, a Freudian slip where I ca- talked about the Soviet Union, you know, how COVID really was a descent into Marxism, collectivism, a.k.a. communism. Uh, and it's the Soviet Union. If they could get away with it, they'd like to institute that everywhere around planet Earth, including here in the United States. Don't let them. But you want to survive that and come on out. You appreciate the freedom. You appreciate the goodness of the United States of America, recognizing there are warts, too. There are places and times where we haven't lived up to the high ideals of freedom. But does that mean give up? It's over. Unfortunately, many of our kids are being taught to hate America and uh, hate their country. And it, that is not a recipe for the freedom that you, you'd say you'd like, you'd want. But like the Devo song, I forget which one it is. Freedom of choice is what you got. Freedom from choice is what you want. I hope you're not part of that crowd that really wants to be taken away from having choice because it's just too much effort. It's too much to deal with. However, once you allow others to make choices for you, you find out how not happy you are. When they say you'll own nothing and you'll be happy, it's quite the opposite that actually occurs. You might enjoy it the first few days or a couple of weeks and go, oh, look at that. It's so easy. I just show up and everything's given to me. Yeah. Until you actually want something more than what's on the menu, you're screwed. You're hosed. You're in prison. And then you realize how you were played, how you were duped. Now, I bring that up again because uh, Bobri has lived under communism and he got out. He went to Israel, then came to America and he brought with him the, the magical formulation if I can call it that, but scientifically validated and investigated to counteract the devastating impact of the Chernobyl nuclear disaster of 1986. And this botanical blend is found in the formulas, you know, as the folium products, folium PX, folium immuno, folium relax. And I think uh, he's just been, uh, we'll get, we'll get him on soon again. And Bobby got like an honorary doctorate. The dude's smart. He is doctorate level intelligence, but I uh, appreciate him very much for helping to save my mom, get her back on her feet and get her dancing again at 90. Now still dancing. Take your folium. If you haven't figured it out, it's something that'll help you break through that ceiling in your healing and uh, get you back on the dance floor at any age. That's what I believe. That's what I've seen. And there are more stories to come. So thank you, Bobby, for that. Check it out. Foliumpx.com. You can email info at foliumpx.com. Ask him any question. He'll hook you up. Let them know what's going on, and you heard about it through the Robert Scott Bell Show. Get a little discount. Anyway, thanks for that. Also, uh, shout out to J- Jonathan at Choose to Be Healthy, supporting us with 100% whole food nutrients. I was talking today uh, on the phone. Yes, I talk to people on the phone sometimes. <laughs> and it was uh, um, someone who had gone through officially sanctioned and accredited nutrition schools, a.k.a. dietetics, dietitians. And she was just, she's like, I can't do anything of what I learned. It's horrible. It's so wrong. It was all wrong. And she was suffering. She was taking supplements, naturopaths, allopathic naturopaths put her on synthetic isolates, vitamin C, zinc, and she had significant copper deficiencies and other issues. Um, 
you know, and, and this is the thing you can go through official school scholastic trainings that are accredited based on the Flexen report of 1910 on forward. And then you'll have to unlearn more than you learned to, to know the right things to do. Or you can do things like Trinity School of Natural Health, trinityschool.org, and learn the body, mind, spirit healing that's possible to you, not by treating disease, but by removing the real reasons disease manifests and giving the body what it needs so that normal and optimal metabolic function occurs. And that just doesn't include body, but mind and spirit as well. Trinityschool.org. They got amazing programs, including Spanish language programs now. So that's really cool. So this is me delaying going into another COVID vaccine story or COVID injection story. I don't like these stories. I don't like talking to them because it's evidence of our ignorance or man's arrogance, medical or otherwise, that we would have to discuss the rampant stupidity that led to, via fear, fear makes you stupid, that led to the acceptance of experimental injections of the mRNA variety. And this article here is in the Epoch Times, uh, and, it, and I'm sure it's, it's covered elsewhere, but the headline reads, COVID vaccine shedding is real. FDA and Pfizer documents are proof. Clinicians are reporting this. All gene therapy products pose a risk of shedding according to what? Not just clinicians, but FDA. Now, how do, how do they explain this one away? Because Super Don, the super skeptic, can, can find out what they can say about it. But now this is showing that, uh, you know, they found evidence within the FDA's own um, documents, Pfizer documents, et cetera, Moderna documents, in the uh, so-called testing that went on before the emergency use authorization release of these products resulted in a lot of devastating corresponding. You're just in the vicinity of these things and you're going to be hammered. You could be hammered too. And when we talk about fact-checking, denying that shedding exists, they're playing games, they're playing word games. But here in this article, they have a link to a 2015 document titled Design and Analysis of Shedding Studies for Virus or Bacteria-Based Gene Therapy and Oncolytic Products. And the FDA defines shedding as the release of viral or bacterial gene therapy products from the patient through one or all of the following ways, excretion, feces, secretion, urine, saliva, nasopharyngeal fluids, et cetera, or through the skin. And this same document, the FDA explains that gene therapy products are also products that mediate their effects by transcription and or translation of transferred genetic material. What does this mean? It means that not only is the COVID mRNA uh, vaccine, so-called, and adenovirus vaccines, they fall in this category, but they mediate the effects by inducing the body to translate mRNA genetic information into spike proteins. They alter DNA protein synthesis to, to, to force your body, stimulate your body into producing aberrant toxic proteins. Super Don, is that a conspiracy theory? Would you still say that? Would you dismiss it? With this information, is this enough for you, my friend, to see beyond? I'm teasing. I know you see beyond it, but, you know, you play it well when I bring these things up and you're like, well, Robert, they're going to say this, this, or this to deny it. I don't know. I can't see you. I see the uh, the screen uh, of the, uh, well, there you are. There you are, my friend. You hide behind that. So you didn't want to come out from the shadows on this one. I know. This is pretty damning. The FDA knows this and it's, beyond plausible deniability that they can claim. Oh, no, no, we didn't. No, we don't. It's not happening. It's not real. Um, yeah, well, who is, it that, who is it that's making these claims? The FDA. 
This is coming from the FDA's the, own document. The, and so I haven't read the document. Have you? Well, I've read the, the, the quotes directly. Derived All right. So you've it. read somebody else's interpretation of the no, document, no, 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 but no, you haven't no, read no, it no. yourself. No, no, no. That's uh, that's inaccurate. What I'm talking about are the actual statements and quotes from the document, not an interpretation of them. I oh. just read them, in fact, so that you can hear the language. And so what, what is what is what, what are the statements again? Oh, oh, you're going to pay attention this time? Okay. I'm, okay. You know, I am a producer of a show. <laughs> I, I, I do I do a multitask. It bears repeating, Super Don, and I'm okay. not giving you crap in real life. Okay. It's just fun. I know. So I know. basically, from this 2015 document, mm-hmm. they acknowledge, the FDA defines shedding as the release of viral or bacterial gene therapy products from the patient through one or all of the following ways, like pooping, peeing, sweating, all of this sinus stuff. All right. So they acknowledge right. that. Then in the same document, they explain that all products that mediate their effects by transcription and or translation of transferred genetic material, this is what is a gene therapy product, and that the COVID-19 mRNA shot and adenovirus vaccines fall into that category. Now, that right. might be where you're going, oh, that's an interpretation. No, that's actually what they do because they cause this transfection. They cause through mRNA introduction – an alteration of DNA protein synthesis to develop these aberrant toxic proteins, which then not only inhabit your body, but they acknowledge, as they said in the FDA document, that they excrete, they come out of your body through the various mechanisms. Therefore, exposure through what they call uh, uh, shedding is definitely acknowledged by their own admission. Let's just say it that way. Now we can get out and interpret beyond that, but that is a, a tacit, stark, uh, difference than the denial that they would like to be able to make. Yeah. So just the fact that there, uh, there is evidence of MRNA, um, that is coming out of the body. That is what they're talking about, right? That they're detecting MRNA like somewhere, uh, that, uh, well, these gene products, these gene, intro- these introduced gene products coming in and do. or the aberrant proteins that they synthesize within your body, because you become the factory for these aberrant proteins. In other words, the mRNA, they said, oh, it's not going to combine with your DNA to do anything. That's a lie. It instructs your DNA to provide production of these aberrant proteins. Yeah, but is that the same thing? Is that, does that mean the same thing? As what? That it's it's altering your DNA or is it just instructing your DNA to do something, but it's not altering your DNA? Yeah, by instructing your DNA is altering your DNA. Does that make sense? That's the same thing. I don't know. Does it? Does it make sense? Yeah, that's the same thing. Dude, I'm not a um, scientist. What are you talking about? I don't know. I'm giving you I don't some know. I didn't, I, I didn't understand half of what you just said. So it's like, okay. All you right. got to dumb it down for guys like me. All right. Well, you've been sucking down the fluoride there where you are. You have a filter. No, you're not. I do no. have a filter. Yeah, exactly. So, um, <laughs> of course, of course, <laughs> the FDA denies that their 2015 document applies to COVID mRNA vaccines. So there, there's where you now have the argument, Super D, where you know right. that they're going to come back and go, well, it says that, but it, it doesn't mean that, right? right? I look at the words and I say, "So no, it was it, interpretation." Well, all right, okay. Look, there's <laughs> <always gonna be laughs> argument. Aha, uh-huh, you had to do that. This there's document always- came out in 2015. This right. was before these mRNA vaccines were even invented or even no, like no, no, no. They, they, right? the, the technology was there and being experimented upon already on but, other stuff, but yeah. not, the, not the not not the manifestation of of what it is that we are right. dealing with today. Yeah, so that that's the point. The secondary argument is, okay, now we got to say that document 
doesn't apply to this. But right. then the counterpoint is, all right, look at and manage this to go to this, to go to this. And you go, oh, well, it's the same damn thing. And then they go, well, no, no, we'll deny it because we're the FDA. So, yes, we're always going to be stuck in the controversy of. He Dude, it's the dead. same thing. And I, I've told you, I've, I've said this <laughs> how many times, right? Maddening, yes. It's like you've got, because isn't Pierre Corey a part of this this article, I think, or something? Uh, I think, Pierre I, Corey I is quoted in the beginning He's of quoted it, yes. in it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's, it, this is one of those debates that is never, ever going, it's not like there's going to be a clear winner ever mm. in society. Right. You're going to have this side over here that's going to say, here's our science, and this is the way that we interpret the science, and this is the way we see it, and this is the conclusions we come to. And you're going to have the official people over here, yeah. and they're going to say, no, your science is junk science. Our science is the right science because this is this, and this is how we interpret it over here. Right. And, and we're the ones with the lab coats on. So I guess that, you know what's interesting about Pierre Corey and others like him? Not long ago, pre-COVID or even during COVID, they were completely on the FDA side in this regard. Yeah, so it wasn't yeah. like they were homeopaths and naturopaths arguing as I have for years. They were all in on believing everything the FDA said, the CDC, the vaccine schedule, all of that. And they had their epiphanies through this experience to come to the conclusions they had. So it's harder to say if you really look at the history of, of those men, those particularly those men, but there are women too in medicine, that they were never on our side of the argument or my side until recently. When it mm -hmm. came to COVID and what they uncovered. And of course, then they suddenly realized the corruption within FDA, within CDC, within the government medical media complex. So I would say that's a win overall. But yes, there are going to be people that are holding and defending the old guard, as it always is, you know, the, the good old And there always will be. I mean, yeah. I don't I don't anticipate that's ever going to change because that's just how our society is hardwired. It's mm -hmm. just that's just how it is. And so it's just you know, one side will will probably gain advantage at some point to, over the other side. I can, I just, you know, that's just how life is. That's how things go. Yeah. But to your to your point, um, when you look at stuff like this in this article, mm -hmm. and you, and you couple that with, and I know scientists hate this, but anecdotal evidence. I mean, yeah. it's it is evidence. It may not be the evidence that you like, but, you know, when you get enough of that anecdotal evidence, you have to pay attention to it. You have to, you know, at least make it a part of the equation. And there's stuff going on. Mm -hmm. There's stuff happening, you know, with people and, and people, um, you know, with the shedding thing. I, I, I can't I can't explain it in a scientific way because I'm not I, – I, I don't have that, well, that you have a skill BS set. Detector, but, do you not, Super Don? Would you agree? I think Your so. Detector's I think pretty so. Good, pretty yeah, astute. I think so. And the thing is, that's annoying to me and most everybody in the audience is when you play the skeptic so well, the skeptic duck side so well, yeah. uh, and it's annoying to all of us, but we love you for it too, because it keeps it keeps it real. Recognize we can't operate in our own bubble, even though our bubble's better than their bubble. Yeah. I got your bubble right here. <laughs> I got your bubble right here. Yeah. <laughs> Ow, I can't do much about it because my yeah quads are still shredded, but. Coming back, coming back. All right, another subject which has been uh, uh, something stuck in your craw, as they say, for a while now, is the plastic issue. Uh, should we trust the EPA as much as we trust the FDA? That might be too much or not enough. But the EPA has illegally hid health safety data on the PFAS, the forever chemicals found in millions of plastic containers. Public Employees for Environmental Responsibility and the Center for Environmental Health last week sued the U.S. EPA for allegedly withholding data. Oh, 
Are we getting back to that again? Withholding data. It seems to be a pattern in, in government and science, so to speak, on toxic forever chemicals and high-density polyethylene plastic containers. Super Don, surprised? Even a little? No. Pretty I'm much. Not, it's, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's um, the more, you know, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard not to to look at the situation with the plastics and go, you know, these people had no clue whatsoever until yesterday <laughs> yeah. uh, that this stuff might be bad for you. It, it, you made a, a comment yesterday about Aaron Brockovich. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like the, the, there's there's a great example uh, if you know that story and if you've seen that movie that these companies they know. I mean, you know, they they spend a lot of time in R and D on putting these things together, you know, mm-hmm. that, that I, I would just say, at least let's say the majority, maybe some of them, maybe some are just uh, are witless uh, <laughs> and, and they don't, they don't understand science enough to see that there's dangers in some of this stuff that they're manufacturing, they're putting together. Mm-hmm. But you know, we're now that science is finally caught up. And I guess really what it is, is enough people got sick and died to, and it created a pattern and then people started going, oh, wait a minute, what's going on? And they started looking into it and then they discovered, oh, uh, it, no yeah, this is bad for you. Yeah. yeah. Look at uh, PFAS and face masks uh, we have there. Chris yeah. has pointed out, you know, that's the other aspect of, uh, oh, face masks will save us. And then no evidence in science that it could do anything but harm us in reality. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it's just like, okay, so you got the face mask. Mm-hmm. The face mask uh, was contained in what? Plastic. Yep. Right. right. Uh, you know, and that was stored in a a a uh, a container in a room that was made out of what plastic. You know, that the, the the container was was you know loaded up in in a in a car and sat on a seat that was made out of plastic. I mean, it's just not not that I'm I'm not lighting myself. Like I said the other day, I'm not lighting myself on fire and running around screaming in the middle of the street <laughs> over over plastic. Right, but it's like the more I look into this, the more I'm just like, dude, mm. uh, we have just been just poisoning ourselves for decades. Yeah. Can we? Right? Uh, can we? I don't know. Grow our plastics? Yes, you we can. could. You can't. We oh, well, hemp. no. Hemp. Well, that's not plastic though. But yeah, I understand. A, can, can we? Can we make plastic. things out of other materials mm-hmm. that aren't plastic and use those things? Yeah. And it freaks me out now, you know, when I go into the kitchen, you know, and I'm just like, ah, you know, cause I, I look around at my cupboards. Oh, I got plastic cups and plastic bowls and plastic plates. Ah, you know, so it's. Are you it's, switching back to glass and ceramic? And, and- I, I haven't done that yet. Okay. Uh, but I'm, I'm very close. I'm moving in that direction. I think, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's hard not to look at that, that situation and go, well, what point does it make now? You know, I mean, you're right. 55 years old. You've been sucking down plastic, uh, toxic chemicals, you know, since you were born. You know, your, your parents were probably wiping your butt with something that had PFAs in it. You know, I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, you aren't dead yet, you know. So does it really matter that you start changing that situation now? Probably. Well, I mean, as, it, as a matter of fact, yes. I mean, we can get those things out of our body. Yeah. Even at the, the ripe old age of 50. But something. how do you do it? It's so overwhelming. It's so over. I mean, if, if you read, I mean, dude, right now, just you in your studio right now, mm-hmm. if I did like a, um, an inventory, uh, what was the name of the guy from the Avengers? 
that that snapped his fingers. What did he do? What was this power? The, the bad guy. Remember the bad guy? The 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 big purple bad guy. I can't God, I can't remember his name now. Anyway, okay. Remember he had the glove and he snapped oh, his fingers in yeah, half. Yeah. Thanos, the, Thanos, Thanos. Right? Thanos. Yeah, so yeah, if yeah. I if I did a Thanos right now, yeah. and I snapped my fingers and everything that we just what we're seeing right now in your in your picture here, and I made all the plastic go away. Right. You'd probably be standing there naked. <laughs> <laughs> none of the electronics would be working in the studio the tv would fall off of the wall you know it's just yeah what have we done no, to we, ourselves we've become very dependent upon that but yet there are options as i say as we move forward and recognize we got to do better yeah. uh, it may not happen overnight but in the meantime even in the midst of all this exposure super i come back to my life my experience as just one example you know the 24 years of chronic disease making choices that were better, not perfect because nothing even organic is perfect. And, and finding that I have a strength and a vitality and a resilience and a health status that I didn't enjoy in my twenties, despite all of that chronic exposure to plastics too. Yep. And you know, the far infrared sauna you have that you've never opened because you put a dollhouse in it and play it, That's something you could be using to sweat the stuff out. If you're not walking in the sun in the summer, cause we got winter time. Yeah. That's it's, another thing that will help to get rid of those, what we call fat soluble forever toxins. Yep. Yeah. Dollhouse, dollhouse is still there. Yeah. You know what the dollhouse is made out of? Plastic. Plastic. Not anyway. Him. Yeah. Venom. Plastic. <laughs> right. Anyway. All right. Yeah. Super Bowl talk. Let's talk about the Super Bowl. Not the Super Bowl, the toilet bowl where, where it should have been flushed, particularly the Pfizer commercial. Remember when that came on? Actually, I'd, I'd like to flush the game personally. Flush the game too, yeah, because yeah. your team did not win. Uh, Pfizer Super Bowl ad. This is an interesting opinion piece uh, in the Hill, and it's by someone who's very much pro vaccine, pro pharma for the most part. This Liz Peak opinion contributor. I think that's what makes it rather interesting. Headline reads: Pfizer Super Bowl ad proves just how damaging Biden's COVID response has been for America. Now, this doesn't absolve Trump of some liability and responsibility for setting the stage for it. And, you know, we can argue in retrospect the Monday morning quarterback, well, he had to this, yeah, you know, on and on it goes. But acknowledge, buddy, come on, acknowledge that it was not the greatest of ideas. You could come and explain that if you didn't do this, this was going to happen. That's fine. We, you know, might have some some leeway there. But then Biden takes it over and goes, <clears throat> I'm not going to be a, a freedom-loving American president. I'm going to be an authoritarian doctor, even though I'm not a doctor, even though Jill, her husband, what is it, his wife, oh, his wife, I think, uh, is, uh, is some kind of doctor, but not one that prescribes drugs, I'd hope not. Anyway, but in this case, prescribing mRNA injection technology into everybody without fail or exception, other than for those of you who found ways around it, through it, wiggled out of it, made a fake card, whatever you did, and didn't get the injection. You guys, you know, somebody has argued yesterday in the Brownstone article, uh, maybe that Nobel Prize, if it were a real prize, should be awarded to everybody that withstood all of the pressure and said, uh-uh, and meant it. So Pfizer spends millions of dollars on a Super Bowl ad. They're paying Travis Kelsey $20 million, more than his NFL salary. And she says, the author of this article, because their reputation and the reputation of America's medical authorities needs serious rehab. A Gallup survey, and this goes to what Super Don said earlier in the show, uh, Conducted last fall, found only 18% of Americans have a very or somewhat positive view of the pharmaceutical industry, down from 25%. 
How about that? You're in an mm. industry that has one of the worst ratings as far as, uh, you know, trust or whatever you feel good or bad about something, a positive, you don't have a pot 18% feel at all, even somewhat positive about big farmers. Is that more or less than Congress? I think Congress is even less than that. I, yeah. I don't know what the latest on that is, Yeah, but this is where I, you know, I, I, I was, I was very, let's say candid and direct in my language, colorful in my language in my opening monologue today. When I pointed out, you know, because I knew this study, we'd already referenced it in our preparation for the show today. And yet all of these people that got the injections, one, two, three or more. And yet where are they in that percentage? Are they among the 18 percent? Because apparently there was 60, 70 percent of the people, maybe more, got at least one shot. Yeah. Where were they? I I think a lot of those people, they they maybe they're skeptical, Mm -hmm. but they did it because they had to quote had to, you right. know, had not to keep skeptical their job. Not, yeah. yeah. Not fearful of the right things enough. You know, fear can be something that does keep you alive, but fear can also be used and manipulated to, uh, induce death, suicidal tendencies, ideations, behaviors. You don't even know you're engaging in by getting something like an experimental MRNA injection. So she says in this article, Biden's authoritarian approach to managing the COVID-19 outbreak, forcing all workplaces of 100 or more people to require the vaccine to regularly test their employees and the censorship of opposing views. This is a big one of vaccine side effects on the treatments not only trampled on Americans rights, it may have led to preventable deaths. And of course, the more they suppressed doctors and scientists, for goodness sake, questioning these things, the more it became what? You can't even ask questions about it. You can't share. This is kind of like the anecdotals movie or the movie that I had participation in, uh, Utah Safe and Effective, right, from the Health Independence Alliance. Mm-hmm. We talked about the simple act of going, I took the shot. This is what happened. Brianne Dressen, who you know from React 19, just suddenly shunned by her friends and family, because it became a political issue. It should never have been one, of course, because she dared to say, I got injured. She was in the in the trial. She volunteered. She felt so good about doing the right thing to try and help people. And then when she's harmed by it, she can't speak out about it. You see all of these things roll and cascade into this big ball of super Don. Why don't they trust us? Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. It's one of the things that drives me insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they just, they, they still, they still don't get it. And every once in a while, it seems like they're kind of, they're kind of getting smart again. And then they go right back to, to doing the, the same thing. We're going to hit them over the head with a science stick. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to, I tell you what, here's what we'll do guys. This is going to make people totally want to get vaccinated. Let's spend $25 million on a Super Bowl ad and the Super Bowl ad is going to convince people because they're going to sing a song from Queen and we're going to show how awesome science is. That's what the Super Bowl ad was. And it had like, I'm trying to remember. Isaac Newton. Isaac Newton was singing, you know, and and so don't stop me now, which happens to be one of my favorite Queen songs. Oh, I love that song. Yeah. They ruined it almost. Right. So, you know, I want to know what kind of return on investment did they get? Yeah. How many people stopped watching the football game because they were so excited and ran down to Walmart and got the COVID vaccine because Isaac Newton was singing. Don't stop me now. Yeah. What, who who thinks that that 
I mean, what is it? We're trying to, we're going to make science cool and hip, yeah. right? You know, the kids are going to love us. They tried that during COVID. You remember uh, uh, when uh, they were trying to convince the minorities mm-hmm. during COVID to go get the vaccine because the, the minorities were very skeptical, especially the African-American community because of how they've been uh, uh, treated in the past mm-hmm. by pharmaceutical companies. Yeah. So their idea was, Let's not let's not try and convince them by by assuring them that it's okay and giving them proof, you know, and, and blah, blah blah. No, instead they had Daryl McDaniel's one half or one third of Run DMC write a rap about how you need to get vaccinated. And I remember on on Twitter there were a lot of African American people that were completely insulted by that. They're just like, oh, whoa, so what? You're going to get the rapper to rap about it, and suddenly we're all going to go run down and get a vaccine because he's black? Mm. They were they were actually offended by that. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll say it again. May, maybe, you know, somebody's listening. If you want people to trust you, mm-hmm. admit, number one, that you were a lying mofo, okay? <laughs> yeah. Admit it. Own it. Yeah. Take right. Take responsibility for it. And then don't lie anymore, but they can't because no. their business model is built on deceit and Correct. lies. Yeah. So they, they don't have a choice. In you this know? article, the author said, you know, quoted how, how well is this age? This quote from president Biden back in 2021 of June, June, it was a, like a town hall. If you're vaccinated, you're not going to be hospitalized. You're not going to be in the intensive care unit. You're not going to die. And well, she that, said, that was, you know, if you, it's funny if you think about it. Yeah. Uh, today, if Biden, when Biden gets in front of a microphone, mm-hmm. everybody just kind of rolls their eyes and they're just waiting to hear what kind of stupid thing he's going to say next. Mm-hmm. Back then, I think that people were still giving him a little more benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, in hindsight, it's just like, you know, he, he didn't know it. Nobody knew what they were talking about. You know, we knew. Well, we certainly suspected, didn't we? I mean, yeah. we we're pretty we we're pretty good at, at our uh, we were our predictions, weren't we? We were right. We were correct. We haven't had to say sorry, screwed up on that one, or sorry, we lied to you. None right. of that. Yeah. Uh, but again, these uh, authoritarians and Biden's one of them. If he's in charge of his own body now, I don't know. But the reality is, you couldn't speak out if you had an injury. You know, and the government colluded with the social media networks, uh, even Amazon, trying. <laughs> tamp down the sales of any books that were critical of the policy, the vaccine, et cetera. And remember how well did this uh, uh, age Fauci declaring, I am the science. Yeah. Oh how yeah. Well did that go. Right. And you remember, I'm, I'm trying to remember there, there was a, like a congressional hearing that was going on mm-hmm. and it was like, no matter how they were quest, people were questioning something like that. They refused to even acknowledge that it was even possible that there might be somebody out there that had gotten a stubbed their toe mm-hmm. from the vaccine, let alone gotten you know myocarditis or died or anything like that stuff. They just completely acted like those people didn't even exist. Right. And you had people Talk that were just like, "Hey, hello, over here." Broad you know, I, I I'm paralyzed. You yeah. know, I've got Guillain-Barré syndrome. Mm-hmm. You know, I my my husband died. You know, whatever. Yeah. And it was like those people didn't even exist. That's mm-hmm. the reason why this movie Anecdotals, I think, is such a good movie, mm-hmm. is because that, that I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's the premise of the of the movie mm-hmm. is that you had these people are just like, "Hello, you know, yeah. I, I'm hurt, I'm damaged, I'm yeah. sick, 
there's something going on here, but they were treated like they just, they were invisible. Right. And nobody would even acknowledge they existed. Yep. That was the big wake up call for all of us to realize the Hegelian dialectic is played against everybody more on one side than the other certain times. And then it flip flops the other way. Uh, let's see in this article again, it's a, it's a good opinion piece on the Hill. Again, someone who's like a promoter of pharmaceutical stuff. It's not like, you know, one of our friends doing this. Uh, what's he say? Only 14, around 14% of adults have gotten the updated so-called vaccine since last November. So they're sucking the eggs on convincing people. Yeah. And again, the question is, if you saw that ad, at uh, Pfizer ad, do you know anybody that ran out and got a booster or anything? And uh, the fin- the finale, the question that Liz Peake asks in this article, will Pfizer's Super Bowl ad increase Americans' trust in our pharmaceutical companies and our medical establishment? She says, it's a start. <laughs> Whatever. It's not a start. No, it's not a start. It's not a start. Yeah. So she's given a little bit more credit to them than they deserve because she's on their side, but also criticizing them. She says, honesty and transparency, more honesty and transparency. Where's the start of any honesty and any transparency is where I would go, Liz. So uh, nice try, though, Liz. Not bad. Not bad. You think Isaac Isaac Newton would have gotten a COVID vaccine? Isaac Newton. <laughs> you know, I mean, they just automatically assume. Would get it, they uh, automatically assume. I, I, yeah. I think that's, that's kind of uh, pretentious, isn't it? Yeah, I That think so. Pfizer would automatically assume that Isaac Newton would, would think would be a fan of Pfizer. Yeah. What did Isaac Newton do? Uh, I got, didn't he get reamed by the Apple Corps? Gravity? Yeah. How's that have anything to do with mRNA vaccines? Nothing. Gravity of that situation, maybe. Isaac Newton could have been like Peter McCullough or, or yeah. Pierre Corey, right? Right. Probably. How would they know? They were thinking clearly. They just back assume. Then. Yeah. Yes. All right. Let's uh, do some questions of the day. And uh, then we have the homeopathic hit of the day. It's one of my favorites ever. It's like taking this long to get there. But you well, you know, I went and there. checked. Now, yeah. let, let me ask you something. Yeah. Is there a difference between Bryonia mm-hmm. and Bryonia Alba? No, typically they're they're listed the same way, with okay. or without the secondary word. Yeah. So apparently we did Bryonia. Um, oh, so it's a hey. You know what? If we have to double down on a remedy, this would be the one to do it. Why I don't not? mind at all. Okay. Because it seems like it seemed weird. But here, let's go to the question of the day from Ava. Hi, I watch Robert every time he is interviewed on docu series. Is there a way to get a homeopathic program from him for certain conditions? I have done a lot of protocols and use homeopathics all the time for myself and other people, but I am not trained and always wondered if they could fully heal what I have. Thank you. Best Ava. Well, Ava, one of the things you can do is to join us on our zoom AMA monthly, because I get to, I get asked a lot of homeopathic questions there that allow me to go deeper than the homeopathic hits. And I feel more comfortable in that community because it's a kind of a closed voluntary community that I'm speaking a little bit more directly on some things. So that's one thing I'd have you do, Ava. And and as little as $4.99 a month, I mean, where are you going to get that kind of information accessible for that? Seriously, much less anything else you, you want to give. So that's one thing. The other thing is uh, you can still, uh, for a small fee, go to Trinity School of Natural Health, trinityschool.org, download, buy, purchase access to my Clinical Homeopathy 101 Plus. It's an hour-long lecture, a little less, to give you the basic overview of the clinical approach so that it allows you to do the things that we're actually, I'll hint at today with the homeopathic hit because it's a perfect starting point for a clinical approach that allows you to succeed. Even if you know some remedies, 
and you're fairly adept at being able to do that, but you still want more information. I believe the opening of the success for you doing homeopathic remedies is understanding the clinical components of starting with the terrain, the environment, the milieu, the allowance and the support for the liver and excretory drainage functions of the body, the support for assimilation functions of the body, nutrients. How do you get them in? How do we heal that? And then also the free radical management, the inflammatory cascade management. And these things can be done homeopathically as a baseline so that we're not chasing a lot of uh, symptoms that are far afield down the road from that, which we can do safely with homeopathy. But I always come back to the terrain. And again, today might be a, uh, apparently a super Don saying a duplicate, uh, but it's okay. This one, if there's anyone I want to duplicate in a homeopathic hit, this is the one and we'll do it today in just a moment. All right, Ava. So hopefully that's helpful to you. Otherwise you can submit more questions, uh, comments at robertscatbell.com. Uh, do we have another question? Oh, Denise, my son who is nine years old has a cough since November. I'm sorry, December. What would you recommend to help him get over it? I usually self-treat with garlic, honey, and fire cider, but he refuses to take it. Uh, Denise, I don't blame your your nine-year-old. I'd probably refuse <laughs> garlic, honey, and fire cider. Uh, I don't think so, mom. Even if it could be helpful, kids are going to go, I, I don't know. So she says, I was nebulizing silver, but he fights me the more often I do it. All right, Denise. So the homeopathic hit of the day is going to be your friend here. It'll be a difference maker for your son who has a lingering cough since December. Because the one thing we do or do not do when we chase the symptoms, even appropriately and safely, is address the underlying reason why they exist in the first place and or linger later. And that is the liver. The role of the liver to drain the body of toxins. And that includes the debris from a successful immune intervention or intervention that seems to be temporarily successful and then lingers on into the lungs as an ongoing uh, uh, malady of coughing or you know various manifestations of uh, breathing difficulties, et cetera, mucus production in the lungs, et cetera. And this, to my experience, has been an adaptation for survival when we cannot detoxify through the normal metabolic pathways of excretion via liver, kidney, colon, urine, right? That kind of thing, getting it on out. And when that's not done adequately because we've been challenged and overwhelmed by environment, life, food, you name it, or a temporary challenge of a microbial pathogen variety, we can intervene as an immune system and succeed and then linger because we can't complete this, the process and get the garbage out, the debris out. Now, part of this you know, when I consider other other factors like circulatory factors, we talk about nitric oxide production and the role of cardio miracle. And interestingly enough, because the cardio miracle formula is food and it's so comprehensive, we found that it enhances cellular autophagy processes. So it's going to enhance detox processes as well. The cardio miracle and kids can take it. I have no problem. My kids have been taking it ever since we discovered it. It's wonderful. But I want to get to um, the answer to your question. And it is buried in, and it's coming to the surface. It's buried in the homeopathic hit today. So let's hit it now. Playing all of the homeopathic hits every day, right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. You know, it's funny and uncanny how these questions of the day come in, and they're so appropriate to sometimes the homeopathic hit of the day. Um, this is Bryonia Alba. 
And I want to thank Trinity School of Natural Health, Folium PX especially, for supporting this message of health, freedom, and healing liberty to make possible the, the little segments we get to do these homeopathic hits. Bryonia alba. There's a cute little picture of Bryonia. It is a plant. It is from the plant kingdom. Uh, and you'll see that uh, it has a name in, uh, you know, Latin name, Bryonia alba. It's also known commonly as wild hops. And I think, you know, in the PDF, it gives you, gives you another name. So oh, open up that PDF so you can see and follow along with the bouncing host here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. The remedy for dryness, irritability, and liver congestion. Again, these are overviews. There's a lot more to any of them. How do you select the headline? You just kind of pick a few and you guys go deeper. Brownie Alba, homeopathic remedy, often used for conditions characterized by dryness, irritability, a, a desire for stillness even. So let's hit some of those therapeutic applications of Bryonia alba derived from the white Bryony vine or wild hops utilized in homeopathy for a wide variety of conditions, notably those involving dry mucous membrane. So more of a dry cough, a barking cough could be, yeah, but I wouldn't eliminate it if the cough is not dry because there are other things that it can do. It can also be indicated for joint pain, liver, lungs, and irritability particularly noted for its effectiveness in cases where symptoms worsen with movement and improve with rest, giving your body some chance to recover. So Bryonia Alba, physically, focused on treating conditions with significant dryness, like dry coughs, constipation, dryness of mucous membranes. It's also indicated for joint pains uh, that are made worse by the slightest movement and for headaches that feel as if the head is being split or burst open, like a migraine. And I put in parentheses there, due to liver congestion. Mentally, there may be marked irritability, desire to be left alone, often associated with physical discomforts being treated. You may exhibit uh, anxiety about the future, especially concerning financial matters. These are, again, interesting things, mental, emotional things related to the remedy itself. And as we look at its primary uses, did we skip through to that? You're jumping around so much, I can't keep up with it. I think we're good there, mental. Yeah, thank you, Super D. I'm just trying to blink and it goes. I'm like, whoa, where'd it go? <laughs> Dryness, particularly. Again, we, we see that as a common theme manifesting here, symptom picture, managing symptoms of dryness, dry coughs, constipation, joint pain, uh, worsen with movement, individual's desire for stillness, headaches. Again, I come back to liver congestion, and I, I made liver, liver congestion, because liver congestion can result in any or all of those symptoms very directly, not so indirectly, but very directly. And in the case of the question of the day with the, the nine-year-old, and the cough that lingers, this to me is indicating bryonia and or other liver polycrest type remedies because that's the missing component when we chase just the lingering symptoms. Why do the symptoms manifest? Because liver congestion. The liver overwhelmed in its capacity and ability to deal with the metabolic waste or and or the waste from the immune challenge that was successfully at least initially overcome. So as we scroll down into our PDF, we'll go into uh, remedy potencies as well as complementary remedies. But uh, potencies... Now, when I do this clinical homeopathy work, I'm typically working with very, what's considered low potencies by most homeopaths, like 10X, 12X, 15X, things like that, because I'm looking at Bryonia as a dose every night before bedtime or a liver polycrest remedy uh, complex or whatever, because you detoxify more while you're sleeping. So it's working with that natural rhythmic cycle. However, you could take Bryonia during the day preceding any other remedy. 
And that's another trick, if you will, and not trick, but a shortcut to succeed when even bryonia doesn't seem to be indicated. If you start with a dose of bryonia and follow up with the remedy you think is indicated, you'll have more success with that secondary remedy because everything is, is made better when the liver is supported and functions better. Now, if you're going to the very high potencies for uh, deep chronic seated things, please consult with a homeopath. That's not a bad thing. I know there are not many to go around, but look to that if you want to go there. Now, here's some complementary remedies to consider. If you are dealing with the arthritic family of inflammatory diseases, Rustox is one of those classic remedies. But if you can use it with Bryonia, which is also indicated first, then follow with Rustox. Everything Rustox does, it will do better. Arsenicum, which is often used because of toxicity, impacting the entire GI system often or any system and anxiety that's associated with toxins, things like that. Hit it with Bryonia first, then Arsenicum. It makes the Arsenicum work better. And of course, another of the liver polycrest, Chelidonium, which I think we have covered in the homeopathic hits for additional support for liver congestion. So this is pretty cool. And for a nine-year-old with a lingering cough, it's a lot easier to give them a homeopathic remedy then to force them to drink things and drink fire water that they're so repulsed by or sit while they're inhaling, you know, nebulizing silver, which I love to do. And I did with my kids, but if they're rejecting it, here's another option, Bryonia. So remember safe as a homeopathic remedy, self prescribing for serious conditions, not advisable. If symptoms worsen or persist, seek healthcare uh, uh, support in, in whatever way you choose. And as we conclude and wrap it up, Bryonia Alba, valuable remedy, like they all are in their various uh, endeavors or, or symptom pictures, particularly effective for treating uh, symptoms characterized by dryness, irritability, desire for stillness, liver congestion. And if you will, if you don't mind, keep tuning into the Robert Scott Bell Show for more homeopathic hits and more and share this with your friends, your family. And remember, this is not to replace your doctor if you have or want one, but to give you information and it's educational so that you have the option to make fully informed decisions about the care of your health, your family, your loved ones, your family, your neighbors, whatever it is, including especially your kids without government and medical and media interference. Isn't that right? You believe in parental authority and parental rights, not governmental authority, medical authority here. We don't do authoritarianism here. We'll acknowledge it, point it out, and maybe give you some indications why it's not desirable. Sometimes you got to go through it like we did with COVID to figure out, you know, yeah, you're right. The founders were right. Don't centralize that power of bureaucracy. Could we give everybody in Congress a dose of Bryonia? I don't know if it'd be strong enough. I'd probably say a coffee enema would be more appropriate so that they could think clearly again because they're full of you-know-what, like your doctor if he's not going more than you. All right, folks, this is uh, another edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show, done and complete. I want to thank uh, Jeffrey and Daria and uh, their wonderful opportunities that they're providing to us about a skill set that most of us don't have and would like to learn, I think. Uh, they have some free offerings. They also have some on-site offerings up in Canada. Uh, we have some other op options that you can go like to the, uh, it's not maybe not so much primitive skills, but there might be some at the RSB Show Family Reunion that Leslie is hosting in June at her homestead, the, the Goodies home, Farmstead Homestead. And that'll be a wonderful uh, trip for anybody that can make it. And other events, including the anecdotal screenings that are happening Sunday and uh, Tucson, Arizona, Tuesday in Chandler, Arizona. And I'll be there for that. That's basically uh, Phoenix area. 
We've got the Children's Health Defense screening of anecdotals, and I'll be there participating. So hope to see you guys there and other upcoming events. And please say thanks to those that make this message of health, freedom, and healing liberty possible. We have our Zoom AMA. and You guys are helping us out by becoming patrons, including the ability to continue to tweak the new website, which is a lot easier to navigate. There's still some more to do, and uh, we can always use your help to get there. So thank you for your consideration. With that, if you want to stick around 60 seconds from now, if you're live, we'll be back with the bonus round. If you're watching or listening later, it's like a blip and we're back. And the Robert Scott Bell Show continues because the power to heal is yours. Yeah, I'm dizzy from watching those rides, but I'm still upright holding on to the desk that I threw a, a strong knee at. Did you did you catch that when I did that? I, I heard you say it, but I didn't see it. Yeah, it was like the whole thing shook, but I, I'm just so used to it. You know, when the knee goes up, it's it's going up. I'm like, oh, I didn't even realize I programmed my <laughs> knee to do that. And it was like, bam, right into, it didn't hurt, thankfully, but I was like, Faulty programming. God, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't drive everything onto the floor. I'm like, oh my gosh, be careful. You know, you become a, a, a lethal weapon or some kind. But uh, anyway, here we are, bonus round happening. I see uh, Steve's got some good suggestions for other things for uh, the lungs, moistening the lungs, something called tremelia in Chinese medicine. And also, you know, what? what's impactful is the, the, the lung and the kidney meridians, right? Kidney health. Uh, so I don't mean to overlook that, but anytime you enhance liver health, you're going to benefit the kidneys indirectly and directly. Uh, t- dandelion, taraxicum, dandelion tea is excellent as a, uh, a tonifier for both liver and kidney health. Uh, so that's something on an ongoing basis. I This my daily pattern as I wake up and uh, yeah, I'll have my cardio miracle too. But my tea that I start with is a mate and dandelion usually mix uh, to kind of tonify and keep that going every, that's how I start my morning. Uh, with my daily tea drinking, if you will. Coffee is a delicacy. Once in a while, I'll have coffee, but it's usually going in the wrong end, as Super Don says, once a week. Uh, but there are times where I'll have liver congestion and I'll feel it like a headache. I can do bryonia or whatever, but I still will go, you know what? I'm going to do some you know, aggressive, let's get this stuff out of here kind of stuff. And however you decide to do it, it's going to help you get past that very quickly so you don't get back into the accumulation phase. So now you're dealing with it like an acute response scenario where your body is strong enough to throw it out rather than go, well, it's always coming in. Don't deal with it. The alert's off. Just deal with it by holding on to it. Um, I don't know if I told you a couple of weeks, few weeks back, my son, you know, works with the goldbacks and stuff. And I think there was a day where they were working extra. And for some reason, the company like bought lunch or dinner and everything for them all day. And it was from one place. I don't, I don't even know the name of it, but it's like a bakery. It's, it's known for having cleaner foods. And he's been able to eat a little bit of that and be okay, but he ate like three meals from them that day. The next day he was homesick, throwing up, diarrhea. It isn't because he's weaker than everybody else that didn't have that response. It is because his body is clean enough to say, I reject that which doesn't belong in here. And it's a different way to look. It's the scenic authentic strong reaction of a healthy individual, much like Morgan Spurlock when he got supersized and he threw it up. The body said, "Uh, uh-uh, that doesn't belong in here, but he kept going, kept going. The body stops, it adapts and goes, well, you keep giving it to me. I can't keep reacting like this or we're going to die. It's my reaction, projectile vomiting as an infant from baby formula, for instance. So that's a lesson that we should all learn and help our kids to learn. If you raise them cleaner and are more organic and you give them the freedom as I did, kids, if you want to go out and have the, you know, whatever your, your friends are eating, do so. But I want you to pay attention to how you feel afterwards because Nothing I can say is better than what your cells will tell you. 
And so they've learned without me, how they've got a PhD in their own bodies when it comes to what they eat and how it makes them feel. So you're like, how come your kids eat well still, Robert? It's because I taught them to listen to their cells, <laughs> not their dad, their cells, their own cells. Because you threatened to beat them up. If they <laughs> them, <right? laughs> I did. No such thing. I'm like, beat yourself up. Have at it. You're going to learn. Leslie, been listening while doing all th things today. Well, I seen that there's a lot of stuff going on at Leslie's homestead, the finishing of the inside walls and stuff. They're putting it up. It's very exciting. I saw it when it was like an empty shell on the inside. There had a lot of work to do last year. Now it's really coming along. By the time we get there, it's going to look great. All right. Well, let's see what we got happening here. California Condor says you're top class, RSB. Top class. Top class. High class. No, wait. There's a song that has that word in high class. Uh, Marge says uh, building muscle is hell. <laughs> it's It can be an intense work. This it is can. The, this is the thing about Monday when I did the challenge of the week, Super D. It genuinely shocked me. I dreaded the challenge of the week because it was, involves squats. Right. I'm not a big fan of legs work out. No, right? You know, I don't think anybody is. I mean, but the, I, women, are, the women kick our butts. They've got some strength there. There that, are some people and I've known, I've known a handful of them that dig leg day, but the vast majority of people hate it because mm -hmm. it's, it's brutal. It's brutal. brutal. It's brutal. <laughs> and if you, I mean, if you don't, if you don't uh, push yourself to the point that you get sick and throw up doing legs, then, then I mean, that's I guess that's the camp that I well I, I, I was well, in, but you know true because what I did super D with you know I did seventy seven squats with dumbbells fifteen pounders in each hand and each time I went back up I raised one went down and then raised the other and I, it it was actually I'll be saying it be it was quite easy for me I was like up down up down like what is going on I'm I'm watching myself do this as I'm doing it I'm going a couple of years ago. I, I could not do that. I was like, I would cry after three or four squats and I'm doing it with weights. Now yeah. it didn't mean I didn't push myself. Cause I was like, Oof, rubbery legs afterwards. But if you're talking about a leg day, like I'm thinking you're thinking super D mm -hmm. I would have gone back and done it again and gone back and done it again in the same day. That's the kind of leg workout where you're going to throw yeah. up. Right. No. I didn't well, do that. I just did it once, but I'm feeling it. I had a trainer that really was just like hardcore. Yeah. And so it was like we would, I would train Break and down. I would he would push me to the point that, you know, it's like I literally my body couldn't take it anymore. Mm -hmm. Um by the way, I I took a look at Thunderstruck. Okay. Uh the song is four minutes and fifty two seconds. Okay. So I've got to do it. That's so what I thought. If you divide that by fifty eight, mm -hmm. uh that comes out to five seconds per burpee right well you know on a burpee you go down do a full push-up come right. back up and jump it's not like a squat and up 1001 1002 1003 1004 1005 that seems like long enough to do a burpee especially probably in the first like maybe like 20 yeah sure <laughs> so that's what you've got you've got five seconds uh per burpee to get uh, to 58 hit, in that time frame? To hit the, uh, the the total length of the song. Look, I am confident I can do it. I did it last year, I think, in just over four minutes. Okay. 57 of them. 
Now, the difference was I was at like 1,000, 1,200 feet elevation relative to sea level. And I've been working out at mostly about 46, 4,800 sea level, uh, closer to a mile high. So, you know, the air is a little thinner, but I'm training that way. Like, so you're used to it. When you get into oxygen-rich environments, you're like, whoa, you feel amazing, right? Mm. So this will be four. So I think if I can finish in 411, 415, I'll be pleased. But you're telling me I have 457 to do it in. 452, I think. 452. Yeah. Okay. I'm gaining a little bit of confidence. I didn't remember how long it was. I remember I did it last year and I was successful. So right. that's that's what we're going to try and do. So, oh, Yolanda, question. Did you just tune in, Yolanda? She must, must have. have. Yeah. So Saturday yeah. morning, 9 a.m. Pacific time, noon Eastern. Yeah. So it's this Saturday, the 24th of February. I just put out the invitation. Super Don will get it up on the Patreon page. Today. So Yolanda, we look forward to seeing you there live if you can be with us. Yeah. Lori is responding there. So thank you for being a part of that. Really appreciate it. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's a fascinating thing The you know, when, when uh, Marge says, you know, working out, building muscle is hell, because if you're really concentrated on it, you're going to end up sore a lot of the time. And as you get consistent with it, the soreness is less frequent until you take a break and then come back. And then you're like, oh, I remember that. And that soreness comes back, but then you realize it's a good kind of pain. It's not an arthritic pain. It's a pain of, I broke down muscle fiber. I'm rebuilding and repairing. There's a lot of lactic acid in there. Drink extra hydrogen water, you know, do some more Arnica, things like that. And you'll get back in no time. But I'm just like I said, I'm, I'm very happy with uh, what I've been able to achieve the past few years uh, to do the things that I'm doing today. And, you know, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be well, considering that in my young years, despite the fact of being active through it all, Having that chronic illness is like walking around with an anchor. You're, you're dragging that anchor, respiratory and other issues, and overcoming that. And a lot of folks, you know, it, the mysteries are, they run deep. And the monocor that we talked about twice now with Ann Archer Butcher is another opportunity to, to break through beyond through this artificial intelligence assistance, if you will, in reading what's going on in your body and signaling it. To correct. And so we've just started working with that as well. Very excited about it's op the opportunity and potential to hit things. I don't even know what's going on. So for those of you, did we, did we uh, sign up for that one? I sent you see if we can get people connected if they needed to, to get help getting a monocore. I think I sent that. Uh, it was kind of like how to get a loan. If somebody do, couldn't. Oh no, I haven't, I haven't done anything with that yet. All right. Mark that so we can follow back. We'll circle back around. Yeah, we'll talk about that. I want to have yeah people that have opportunities if the, if they feel like it's something they they need and they want. And a lot of people got that sense. And I want to help make help make sure that that that's possible. Uh, all right. So any other questions, comments coming in? That was only it for Marge on uh, Rumble. No, no, no. Marge wants to. Uh, uh, she says planks are actually worse than squats. Not planks are not planks are cake. Marge. Ah, uh, but she wants Squats. to, she actually switches gears here. Okay. Um, this could be interesting. I've never really looked into this, but mm -hmm. you know, um, John Lennon. Yes. Uh, one of the songs of, of many that he's known for, but the one that, that just, it seems to pop up every few years whenever there's something really crappy going on in the world or something like that, mm -hmm. um, is imagine. Right. Yeah. Um, and so Marge is asking the question. She's saying, well, she see, to her, the lyrics of Imagine are scary, she says. Yeah, they promote communism, collectivism. Yeah. Was he for one world government, she's asking. So I'm, Someone I'm, I'm, said he, he was the, the reincarnation of Vladimir Lenin. I don't know if that's true. 
but uh, regardless, yeah, I think that he had those tendencies and the song is, you know, kind of airy fairy feel good. But if you really investigate the lyrics, yeah. it, it, I think it, that's up to, up to, up to your interpretation, uh, interpretation yeah. though, really, yeah. you know, cause I'm looking at the lyrics. Right? I'm not a big fan of the song personally, but you're, you're not. Me. Okay. You mean just in general? Uh, yeah, it's kind of, or, or, I mean, do you, are you, are you in the same camp as Marge? I'm, yeah, closer to what Marge is interpreting. I, I'm not a big fan of the lyrics and what they indicate. My interpretation of them, anyway. Okay. Uh, so yeah, and it doesn't mean I don't like the Beatles and the song, a lot of songs of the Beatles, but that particular one is like you know this idea of of uh, one world, whatever. Right. It's just this. I don't believe we we're designed for that. Uh, and in freedom, mm. you get to choose. You don't have to do what everybody so, else does. Okay, so so um, I guess in the beginning of the song, imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us. Above us only sky. So I guess that's what challenging what Christianity. Yeah, it's a bit of an atheistic, um, materialistic view of the world. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, imagine all the people living for today. Imagine there's no countries. Mm-hmm. It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for, and no religion too. Mm-hmm. No countries. So, how would you interpret that? Well, yeah, you drop down all borders. You got one world government. Maybe, or do you think maybe it could be more about just people being people and it not being separated sure. by borders and countries and different uh, religions and ideologies and stuff? So I th- I think that when when I I've talked about states of consciousness, that concept that each country would have its own identity to some degree, right? And this is the problem with open borders that, you know, people that have no valuing our identity as a, as a nation or as a people, even though we have a lot of distinct differences within it, uh, that dropping all of those borders in no countries then kind of enmeshes people into a mushy collective. And I don't think that is a good place. To We're be all up. brothers and sisters. Yeah. Well, you can They're acknowledge not, that. Right? With, yeah. But listen, you can have multiple religions, you can have multiple countries and still believe that we're all brothers and sisters, right? The idea of dropping all the countries, that indicates, again, the collectivism. And, and when you say no heaven, no hell, no religion, mm-hmm. you know, it indicates more of an atheistic worldview, which is true of communism. Or could it be that he was, referring, he was referring to the problems that different religions have with each other, causing mm-hmm. strife and war Look at look at what's going on in the Middle East right now, right? Yes. Yeah. What is it that is really causing that problem? It's the religions, right? It's a holy war. Well, this right? is a, so yeah. imagine people because it follows up with that. Imagine sure. all the people living in peace right. is the next line on that. So could it not mean then that what he's looking at is what it is that separates people rather mm-hmm. than bringing people together? And imagine if those those lines were were uh, if yes. they disappeared. Yes, I can. I can appreciate the sentiment, Super Don. I can, <laughs> at the same time, acknowledge the only way that that happens is uh, basically by forcing people. You will own nothing and like it. We will give you everything. We'll provide for your everything. You have no reason to to worry or have a care in the world. And the reality is, that's a devastatingly anti-human uh, kind of uh, uh, I reality. Know. I mean, I guess, I guess, like I said, I think it's all up to interpretation, right? Imagine no possessions. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you can. Now, some people would automatically go, aha, see, that's a, a, a Schwab. I'm, oh, I'm, hey, you know, you, you will own nothing and be happy. I'm getting word 
that he wrote it as an homage to the Communist Manifesto and that he did an old interview and referenced that specifically. So he may have, I don't have validation, but he may have done it with that motivation, thinking that communism, like many in Hollywood elitists, believe that okay. if we just had that, everything would be fine. And No just, need for greed or hunger, a brotherhood of man. Yeah. But that's the, that is the airy-fairy, uh, let's say, idealistic selling point of communism, is it not? Everybody's taken care of. There's no differences. But that's not human reality. And it, it violates freedom. It violates fundamental aspects of agency. So mm. for me, it's a non-starter. So I'm, I'm going to stick with my right. perspective. I'm with Marge on this one. There you go. Yeah. Of course, Marge left. That's funny. We're sitting yeah. here talking about what she wanted to talk about. Yeah. And she says, just talk to you later. <laughs> did i offend you why would you why would you ask a question and then take oh kate dally must be on oh yeah that's it that's what it is cleo the new world order is a promise of utopia yes, yes. that would be like the federation in star trek though right yeah it Isn't works that, it works in hollywood remember remember the whole what was the whole thing about the federation there was like no money right no hunger. United Federation of Planets. Everybody yeah. got, had everything they need. Mm -hmm. They got rid of all that stuff. Yeah. Right? See? Picard was actually a communist. <laughs> Again, it's a high ideal, but the ideal from a top-down centralized planning perspective never works, never will, because it denies the human spirit and individuality. The desire That's right. That would have made the Klingons then the heroes. <laughs> right? Interesting way to look. Mm. Although they were looked upon as like the Russians at the time, right? It's kind of like watching, remember the the, the Karate Kid, right? Mm -hmm. And there was a thing going around a while back where it was pointing out how really um, Daniel was the bad guy in the movie. Right. And and it actually, it, it made some pretty good valid points where you're kind of looking at it and going, yeah, Um I can't remember the other guy's name, but uh, he was—he was the the other guy was the good guy, and Daniel, huh. Daniel's son, yeah, was was actually the bully and, and the bad and the bad guy in the movie. Interesting perspective, isn't it? Yep. All right, Autism Health Summit. Did you isolate my uh, lecture presentation from that for our Patreon supporters? I've got it here somewhere. Yes, but I okay. haven't uploaded it. Okay. I will have to, let me see. I think I've got it in videos and captures, and there it is. Autism Health Summit San and Oh, you know what? It's funny. When they uh, when they uploaded the, uh, or they did the title, they did San Antonio, Texas. Huh. I'm looking at it here. So that was on day two, and I have got your speech. Mm -hmm. It was just around an hour, I guess, huh? It looks like, or at least the recording I did. It was actually yeah. less than that, somewhat less than that. But anyway, I have it. I will get it up there. Um, I will also be putting up the Zoom invitation. So those of you that are members mm -hmm. of Patreon, you will uh, get a notification. Hey, Super D, I'm looking at the calendar here. Now I'm going to do the, uh, the 27th, which is going to be live from Chandler, Phoenix, Arizona, right? Okay. The 28th, I'm scheduled to be at uh, a student event at Sonoran uh, University, a Sonoran uh, Student Fair. That's February in, uh, 28th. Phoenix. Yeah. Okay. And so I, I don't yet know if I'm going to be able to broadcast from that event or not. 
So okay. put on the back of a burner of like, we got to figure out what's going on, on the 28th, the 29th be back in studio, of course. Uh, but the 27th will be out for the anecdotal screening with Children's Health Defense, a live broadcast from there. Uh, the 28th, I'm just like looking at, like, I don't have details on it enough to know because it was like a last it's, minute edition. Uh, so possible, possible encore. Possible or possible pre-record. I don't know, maybe going or I don't know. It's an unknown right now. I'm just getting a message on this. So I wanted to uh, let you know while we're here. This is what we get to do in the bonus round, a little inside baseball stuff. Okay. I put it on the calendar. Okay. And let's see what else is going on here. Possible encore. You got that. That popped in very fast. Thank you. We got our Saturday, 24th of February, Zoom AMA. I hope you all will consider becoming patron supporters between now and then and join us live uh, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, Sunday the 24th. And I'm still not sure what shall I do. Do you think uh, when I do these 58 burpees on Friday, mm -hmm. do them live through Instagram? Is that your That was your sense last time. Yeah, why not? I don't know. I don't know. Why, why not? Sure. Right. Uh, people, I think people would, would have a um, have fun with that. It's a whole thing, though. It's a big deal, ordeal, to you know, to kind of live stream oh, it. It's just not natural. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, wh how, how big of a deal is it? Somebody holding your phone? I mean. Yeah, but, you know, I'm, I'm having to take the trainers away from their job or, or maybe other people that are well, there. Well, there are out. other people there, are there not? Yeah. Yeah? Usually. You can take a video of you uh, being Rocky Balboa, but you can't do a video of you doing I, some well, burpees. Well, I didn't do that. It was totally the trainer that morning. She was yeah. like all into like doing all kinds of creative, uh, uh, like video okay. shots. Well, if it's too and, big of a deal, and then you, I yeah, I'm just overthinking it. I think so. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. You can anyway, do it. Yeah. <sighs> all right. Wax on, wax off. <laughs> You're good. Okay, so Leslie wants to know if you've finished her episode. I've processed the audio. I did that this morning. I've been so busy. Yeah. Uh, so it's partially done. Uh, actually, at this point, um, I probably need to spend like another 15 minutes on it, and I'll be done. So I'll try and get that done today. Okay. I got it downloaded. I got it processed and tweaked and all that stuff, and now I just need to put the bookends on it and upload it. So. I will try and get to that this afternoon after I uh, take care of the Patreon and the podcast mm -hmm. and uh, your speech. And I've got a phone call at 2.30, actually. You got in a phone ten, call? In 11, in 11 minutes, yeah, with Pat Militich. Oh, man. And the yeah. dogs go right on the queue. Aren't they amazing? Yay. So say hi to Pat. I will. And, uh, you know, have a great call. If I can help in any way, let me know. And uh, if there's anything else, thank you, Super Don from Leslie. Appreciate you. Mm -hmm. Another coming to you tomorrow. She's been busy. Looks like she's just cranking Another on Another one? Wow. Yeah, Two in wow. one week? Dude, crazy time. Anyway, thank you all for being here. Appreciate you so much. Tomorrow uh, is uh, Sacred Fire of Liberty Hour with Jonathan Emord. Do we have anybody scheduled for the second hour at the moment? Um, hold on. Gosh, come on. Stupid dogs. Yeah, we've got uh, Emmy Robin on. Emmy Robin Emmard. coming yes. up. Okay, excellent. So, and then Dr. Alfonso Monso on Friday. Correct. See if we can fill in anybody else on that. So, thank you all for being here. God bless you. Love you. Appreciate you. Thank you, Super D, for doing such awesomeness. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
God willing, we'll be back less than 22 hours from now. All right. We'll see you tomorrow.